Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Hot Radio 77. Where it began, I can't begin to know it. But then I know it's growing strong Wasn't the spring And spring became the summer Who'd have believed you'd come along Hands Touching hands Reaching out, touching me, touching you. The great Neil Diamond, Sweet Caroline. This is not for Joseph Abood and the Boston Red Sox fans out there. So, uh, let's go to a place in Boca Raton. It's the best steakhouse anywhere in South Florida. And it's in East Boca. It's called New York Prime. And if Bo Dito's listening, he knows all the guys there. Johnny Geo, Nicky Wood, Scott Berger, all great guys. And uh, they would play this song, Neil Diamond, Sweet Caroline. And uh, you know the Boca crowd. They're kind of like um, Long Island women on steroids. Right? They, everything's fake. Their boobs are fake. Their asses are fake. Their lips are fake. Their hair is fake. I mean, just... Fake, 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 fake. And uh, the song starts to play. And they take the white napkins that are placed in front of you at the dinner table. And then they start to wave them up in the air. And they throw the napkins. And it's a whole big deal. you know. So I hadn't seen that in many, many years since I left Boca Raton, Florida. So now I've got uh, this new neighborhood. And I have all these uh, new restaurants. And I enjoy a lot of them. And one of my favorite places is La Sorrentino's. I was there for Mother's Day. Joe Esposito, the former chief of police, the great Joe Esposito, who just lost his wife, Chris, God rest her soul. He turned me on to the place, and uh, Danielle and I and the kids love it. John Mazzone, great guy, the owner, his son, Joe. And they've got a singer who's actually a barber during the week in downtown Brooklyn. But on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights, him and John, they they uh, they break into singing, and they're really, really entertaining. John Katsimatidis, if you're listening now, he would love it. They do all the Frank Sinatra, all the Dean Martin, all the Bobby Vintons and Jerry Bales. You name it, they do it. They do songs in Italian. It's a, it's a wonderful time. And the guy that actually sings, really, really cool guy, his name is Sal Spatola. Sal Spatola, and Sal is listening right now on his way to downtown Brooklyn to do his hair salon work before he sings at La Sorrentina later on tonight. And we'll be there, actually, as a family coming up tomorrow night. 
But I did see Sal yesterday. I was walking down 129th Street on this beautiful sunshine day. And uh, Danielle wanted to get her lip wax or something. I don't know. And I walked by the restaurant, and John is sitting there. He goes, Sid, Sid, come on in. And ended up having a cup of espresso at like 4.30 in the afternoon, like a real Italian, you know. Cup of espresso, 4.30 in the afternoon. And I couldn't sleep, by the way, all night. <laughs> that was a big mistake. But I loved it. And anyway, that's, uh, that's my story. Neil Diamond, you got New York Prime in Boca, La Sorrentino in Bell Harbor, into Sal Spatola, into John Mazzone, into John Katsimatidis, into you. Good Friday morning, everybody. 608, welcome back to the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City. And uh, the best show in New York City. I don't want to hear about Boomer or any other stuff. Please stop. Don't embarrass yourself. This is the best show in New York City. You get everything you need. You get the politics. You get the news. You get the sports. You get the pop culture. You get all the entertainment. You get lifestyle. You get all of it every morning because I make sure that's the case. And Bernard. Bernie will be back on Monday. We got a great show today, though. Uh, You know, yesterday I caused this whole to-do, and none of it was accidental, by the way, between all these gubernatorial hopefuls. Lee Zeldin came on yesterday, and finally, after taking incoming for days, days if not weeks, from his challengers, Andrew Giuliani, Rob Astorino, Lee finally came on this show yesterday and fired back. And I thought he did a very, very good job Bill O'Reilly said later, I wouldn't have done that. I said, Bill. But Lee called me the night before during the Ranger game and said, what do you want me to do? And I said, Lee, you got to come on and defend yourself. O'Reilly thought it was a mistake. I didn't. You know, and he, and he said that uh, Andrew Giuliani has been forging signatures. That's why I tried to keep him off the ballot. He said the same about Rob Astorino. So Giuliani called in late in yesterday's show, furious, Actually said Lee Zeldin, and Lee's a very good friend of mine. I like Lee a lot, and I'm still endorsing Lee. Let me make that point very, very clear. I'm still endorsing Lee, even though I like Andrew Giuliani a lot, a lot. Still endorsing Lee, and he's a good man. Guy's a a hero. The guy fought for this country, and Giuliani said, I don't care. He lacks integrity. That is a serious character shot. Called him a liar time and time again, and then said he lacks integrity integrity and all Zeldin talked about yesterday was his integrity that's what he learned in being a serviceman for this country so that got very 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 ugly which is a unfortunate but b perfect for this radio show I mean it made me really happy (laughs) so then Rob Astorino called in late and he wanted to jump in and also call Lee Zeldin a liar but we ran out of time so Astorino will join us at 7 40 this morning and that's going to be uh, more fireworks. And, you know, so I want to get that debate going on this show. I asked John Katsimatidis yesterday. He never returned my text. Is he mad at me or something? I don't know why he would be. After yesterday? No way. Uh, after yesterday, uh-huh. he should be, I, sh- I should get a raise. I mean, by the way, all week long, I should get a raise. Yeah, Luke was just telling me that. Yeah. Luke's like, oh, my God, the last couple of shows have been the best I've ever heard. But uh, usually John answers my text in three seconds. He never answered me back. So maybe he's mad. I don't know. Because, listen, you know, we're Lee Zeldin guys, and maybe he doesn't like the fact that I'm stirring up all this trouble, but that's how you get a 6.6. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's all we care about here is getting ratings and uh, making money. And, you know, if a couple of people get burned along the way, well, that's radio. <laughs> right, Lou? I mean, didn't we learn that from the very, very best? 
I saw it on an hourly basis, actually. You did see it for 30 years on an hourly basis. <laughs> Sometimes even the guests. Yeah. Oh, they took a beating. They took a beating. I'm talking about the employees. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Astorino will join us coming up at 740. And then, uh, well, I always love talking to this lady. And we've got a really good back and forth. She is hysterical. She does a show on this station every Sunday, still writes that great daily column in the New York Post, and that is Cindy Adams. She's going to join us at 9.05, and again, she is great. And then, you know, it's a busy weekend here in New York. Temperatures expected to hit 90 in the city today, excuse me, tomorrow and Sunday. Not where I live, it'll be about 75 on the beach, which I can't wait. I can't wait to sprawl my fat old Jewish ass on the beach Saturday and Sunday and do nothing but collect more sun. Can't wait. My daughter has some friends coming over. Danielle's excited. Gabe's excited. Going to be a great weekend. But uh, tomorrow they're going to run the Brooklyn Half, which Danielle is not doing this year, but she's 36 marathons in and actually made reservations yesterday for our trip to Tokyo coming up in February. The folks that run the marathons, the real ones, not the half marathons like Brooklyn tomorrow, they have what's called the Abbott Award. And you get the Abbott Award when you've completed the six major marathons. Only 1% of marathon runners actually complete it and get the Abbott Award. And she will be one of those 1% coming up in February. She's done the other five majors. I forget the exact cities. I know it's New York. I think it's Boston, Chicago, uh, maybe London. I don't even know. Uh, but I do know that she's Tokyo short of getting it done. And we're going to Tokyo together in February. She's run 36 marathons, probably 15 half marathons, but she is not running tomorrow. And tomorrow is going to be tough. That is a very hot day to run even a half marathon, 13.1 miles. So good luck if you plan on running in Brooklyn tomorrow. And then uh, Sunday is the Israeli Day Parade. Now, three years ago, I had the honor, Corey Zelnick was there, of um, of being one of the Grand Marshals. I think they split it that year between me and one of the former stars of the Real Housewives of New Jersey, Siggy Flicker. I think me and Siggy split the baby that year. This year it's a guy named Harvey Lippman, and uh, Harvey Lippman will be live in studio this morning coming up at 925. So a couple of big events, hot Saturday and Sunday. Again, 90 degrees in the city both of those days. About to come your way. Lou, what are you doing this weekend, babe? Oh, you're going to uh, Katona or something, right? How did you know that? How did I know that? Your girlfriend has some type of, uh, some like, metal chip on me because... But she keeps talking. It's, it's, yeah, right. I mean, it's I, 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 almost every day now. It's kind of weird. I bump into MJ somewhere in the Rockaways. In fact, Danielle and I drove her home yesterday. And I know where you live. We drove her home. Yeah, that excited me to no end, knowing that yesterday. I'm in the parking lot at the YMCA talking to some guy who's a fan of the show. That happens every day now. And um, we're talking, and then I see MJ, Louie's fiance, or girlfriend, whatever she is. She's walking down the block, and I'm like, this is unbelievable. This is like the fifth time since I've moved here that I've seen Louie's girlfriend. And uh, Danielle was there, so she got in the car. We talked, and uh, I find out what you're doing this weekend. Big party tonight. Tomorrow. Tomorrow? There you go. Yeah. I'll give the directions later. <laughs> but I also heard how these people know who you are because you got your name on your shirt. Well, Danielle told her that. She told you that? <laughs> yeah. Danielle's like, well, yeah, of course I found they out know. Some things you, too. you wear your name on your shirt, they're going to know who you are. I'm like, come on, Danielle, really? Hey, you live down here too? You, you said Rosenberg. <laughs> I see it on your shirt. 
<laughs> Why are yeah. you doing that? I, I didn't do that. I was wearing a, a Brooklyn Marathon ironic shirt yesterday. No name on my shirt, nothing. But Danielle, you know, she, she loves the fact that we're doing well, obviously. But there's a part of her that gets annoyed. So if somebody says something really nice about me, like Sid's successful, Sid's got a great body, whatever that stuff is, she always has to find a way to kind of water it down just a little. So she's like, well, of course people recognize you. You got your name on your shirt. I go, Danielle, the last uh, three weeks I've worn a shirt with my name on it. We get recognized every day. What is that? Oh, stop. Okay. You got a great body. Yeah. That's hot, right? (laughs) Who the heck is telling you that? Oh, my God. Don't even ask that question. You'd be surprised. More than you would think. More than you would think. So one news story I do want to cover in the first segment. It was a lot of fun, but one news story. My son, Gabriel, you know, he's been having all these issues with his school. Caused me to miss work on Tuesday. So he he gets an email, Gabe and Danielle, late last night from his uh, dopey school. I hate these people. That they've decided because of the uptick in COVID to put masks back on the kids. I mean, come on, man. Come on. Uptick in COVID, again, at the risk of repetition. When you start showing me data where kids are getting deathly sick, where kids are dying. Well, Sid, it's not just about the kids. We don't want little Susie to bring it home to her grandfather because he may die. Shut up already. You know, there's a better chance if you've got the flu. This is a medical fact. If you've got the flu right now, you have a better chance of killing old grandpa than if you have COVID because COVID right now has been reduced to nothing. Nothing. This, this strain is so weak, it's less than a cold. We're not testing every day for colds and flus, but people are still out there testing every day for this nonsense. And now my son, who's an asthmatic, and it's very uncomfortable for Gabe, and the weather is getting warmer, now he's got to wear a mask every day. So the one thing that Eric Adams is doing right these days, the mayor, is he's not caving to the mask pressure. He's looking at the science. Congratulations, Eric. And the science will tell you, A, masks don't work. They don't work anyway. But B, until people start dying or going to the hospital, who cares how many cases we've got? Who cares? So Eric Adams did speak yesterday. This is, I guess, cut number 25 about the masks. And I want Eric to know if he's listening. My son has to wear a mask today, seventh grade, New York City private school, and it's complete nonsense. Why not? If you think people should be wearing masks indoors, why you are not mandating it or requiring it? Because I don't think we need to do that at this time, based on the information from my medical teams. Uh, as these new variants come, we also have to build consumer confidence, I like to say. And we also also need to know that we are using the tools that we have available that we did not have before. I remember at the beginning of COVID watching the level of ventilators and hospitalizations and deaths. Because of the great uh, discoveries and collaboration globally, we now have new tools. Let's use them and let's get our cities back up and operating. I don't even know what he said, but I think he's on my side, right? (laughs) No masks. Let's stop. Let's get everybody back working. I think the statistic that Brian Kilmeade, who's on after me and Bernie every day at 10 o'clock, great guys on Fox and Friends on Fox News right now, I think the stat he put out the other day was that 8%, folks, 8% 
of the offices in the city are now being used. So Corey Zelnick and, and Jerry Seinfeld and all these folks can talk to their blue in the face about how New York is back. It's not even close. It's not even close to being back. Folks are not coming back to the city to go to work. They don't want to wear a mask. They're worried about the crime on the subways. Prices are still through the roof. Believe me, I want these guys uh, to be right. I'm still a New York guy. I'd like to see Corey rent out every space he's got. But um, I slow down with New York is back. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Going to be a great Getaway Friday show. Three or four great guests about to come your way. All the news and all the laughs you need on a Friday morning. Bernie and Sid sans Bernie. He'll be back on Monday. I'm Sid. I got you. And we'll come back on this Friday edition right after these short messages. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Number two, in the movie Back to the Future, how many gigawatts does it take to power the flux capacitor? Oh, blow me. Get out of here. Move on. Next question. It's not even a number. Who even knows? Give me a number. I don't think Christopher Lloyd knows that answer. Give me a number. Nine. Lou. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax, you be Jesus. (laughs) Christopher Lloyd is very Michael J. Box doesn't know this. I can guarantee you that. That made me laugh yesterday. That's one of the highlights from Beat Sid, which we'll play again today. It's a complete waste of time. It's awful. And uh, Pete Morgan doesn't even like it himself, but he he sponsors it. He'll he'll sponsor anything I do on this show. If I bought, he'll sponsor it. But uh, we play that game at 940 because Matt Meany wants us to, but it's stupid. Why are you like this? That's in the log, too, by the way. sponsored by Pete Morgan. Yeah, he'll do it. uh, That's right. This uh, flatulence moment brought to you by the great Pete Morgan. How can we tell the difference? I'm sorry. Well, it depends where your duty is our duty. I uh, will play it at 940. I know you, uh, for some reason, Meany, you guys like it. I, it. It's awful. God, I mean, I'm, I'm so tired of asking Bernie these questions about what president and what year. God, I mean, it's gotta, well, maybe you learned something. I learned a lot of things, but we need to do something different after a while. It just gets, it's boring. And also, Bernie would admit that. The game is for Bernie. It's not for you. We just play with you when Bernie's Bernie's not here. Bernie's part of the game, too. It's, 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 you know um, that? Uh, you have I, that in writing? No, I, of course. Yes, I know that. And, and if they're worried about sponsorship, I'll say it for the millionth time, Pete's only here for me. That's it. So whatever we do at 940, he'll sponsor. But you can't, you can't play the same stupid game every day for year after year after year. My God. Okay, fine. Run it by Pete. Nobody, nobody listens to me. Nobody listens to me. Well, no, it's because it's because you, your win record's like a, uh, you're bad, yeah. You're batting like no, four hundred. Right. No, my win record is pretty damn good. I would say. I have, said have, you lose you most. Have, have you seen the ratings for this show? Did you get that, Luke? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right? That's in the log. That's sponsored by Pete Morgan. Oh, that about the ratings? <laughs> <laughs> what are you nuts? Anyway, that uh, that was a cute highlight put together by Luke Lograno uh, from yesterday. Luke, thank you for that. When is Justin Ellick coming back from Israel? So uh, there have been some murmurs that he'll be back Monday. I thought he was coming back Wednesday, though. So oh, okay. I'm not sure if we can reach him over in Israel while he's uh, shaking his pants off. I know. I dance saw floor. Luke uh, showed me some video of Justin Ellick all whacked out on who knows what kind of drugs and drunk and just, just high as a kite and dancing uh, in some club in Israel. Looked like he was having the time of his life. Now, was that last night? Yes, it was last night. But honestly, let's get real here. If I didn't have to spend the time with you, I'd, uh, I'd probably be dancing myself. What? <laughs> well, you're not you're not going to be spending much more time with me. I saw other pictures, though. Some of other things are disturbing. Oh, really? Yeah, you just 
He just looks like. I know. He looks rough. He's I know. in another universe. Yeah. yeah no, he has, <laughs> Justin has a good time. He admits it. He has a good time. And his girlfriend is with him, right? Lisa's there. Lisa's there. I saw that uh, a couple of days ago on the news. I saw there have been attacks, a lot of them in Israel, the last couple of weeks. You know, just civilians getting attacked, and it made me nervous. But it doesn't look to me like Justin Ellick is nervous at all. He looks like he's uh, wasted for like three days. He actually brought the I'm Justin Ellick t-shirt with him. So oh, Maybe, my maybe God. that's why. That'll save Everyone him. knows. Oh, right. right. <laughs> the mis- missiles will be coming in. That's not what I was going to say. Oh, the Palestinians are not going to mess with He's got his own t-shirt. I'm Justin Ellick. All right, save that rock. Don't throw it at him. He's Justin Ellick. you kidding me? <laughs> Can't make it up. So uh, the one thing about the uh, the television show, The View, and we're on record, me and Bernie, we, we hate that show. And we don't like the ladies on the show either. We don't like any of them. Uh, we used to like, I guess, you know, it wasn't bad as uh, the kid who played quarterback for the Giants, his wife, the blonde lady, she's kind of cute too. Um, Hasselbeck, Elizabeth Hasselbeck, remember her? She was okay. And then you had um, John Huntsman, the Republican politician out of Utah, his daughter, who was also on Fox News, she was okay. Megan McCain every now and then would be okay, but she was still pretty much closer to the left than closer to the right. And believe it or not, when the show first started, I actually liked it way back when because I loved Rosie O'Donnell. The second Rosie O'Donnell they used to fight with, uh, what's her name, uh, Whoopi, was uh, not nearly as good. But for the most part, you get Whoopi, who's just a horrible person. You get Joy Behar, who is... Without any doubt, the worst person God has ever created. The worst ever. I'm sorry. You can give me any, any emperor, any dictator, and give me, give, give me Milosevic who killed 100 million people. She's worse. She's worse. And then you get this uh, sunny host in her hostel, whatever her name is. She's a dingbat, too. So these, uh, you put these ladies together, and they go on the end. They know nothing. Like Whoopi Goldberg saying yesterday, gas prices are not Joe Biden's fault. A Whoopi, baby, sweetheart. Take some time away from watching your old sex videos with Ted Danson and uh, read something like, oh, I don't know, maybe shutting down the Keystone Pipeline. Maybe the fact that we're no longer energy efficient like we were under Donald Trump. Maybe that's why gas prices are soaring, which goes directly to Joe Biden. I don't know, maybe. Just You ever think about that, Whoopi? I mean, they just say stuff that is just factually incorrect and stupid. And they have a billion housewives... These morons, God bless them, nice ladies, making cakes, making lunch for their kids for school, ready for a nice day. And they're watching these. And they go, yeah, you see that? Husband comes home. He's tired. He's working his ass off 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day. And he is, it's costing him a billion dollars to get to work because of gas and inflation. He can't buy anything. And the last thing he wants to hear is his wife tell him, did you see Whoopi Goldberg, what she said today? Oh, shut up. Stop watching that nonsense. Well, she was at it again yesterday. Thank you, Rich. Rich Rodabella. Is that how you say it? Well, say his name. He's been great Rich, all week. Rich, you want to say it? Radabali. Yeah, he's been great all week, Radabali. He really has. He's been great. So yesterday, Whoopi enjoyed these two menses. And we're talking about uh, Republicans. There's this domestic terrorism bill. And uh, they're saying that Republicans won't vote for it. Here they are, courtesy of ABC The View, here they are, Whoopi and Joy. So, Antifa. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> I have an Antifa. Yeah. She's very sweet. 
There's Uncle Notifa. <laughs> but that's a whole other conversation. I mean, Is when did Washington really get to be a place where stopping domestic terrorism is divisive? I guess when they're part of the problem. So these idiots are making fun of Antifa. Now, let me tell you something. Somebody died in Virginia because of them. And, and what they did during the summer of 2020, and maybe even January 6th, who knows, was, um, was over the top and deadly. It is no laughing matter. Listen, ladies, dummies, nobody is okay with domestic terrorism. Not Republicans, not Democrats, not independents, not anybody. We are all aware of the heinous act this kid committed in Buffalo last week, and it sickens all of us. Whoopi, me just as much as you. But here's the difference. I'm not going to go on the air and lie and say that, oh, my God, white supremacy is a huge issue. When, in fact, we can detail day after day after day the crimes committed by black people, even against black people. I'm not going to do it. That doesn't mean you're more sensitive than I am. Doesn't mean you care more about terrorism than I do. It all it means is I've done my homework, and I'm giving you actual facts, and you just spew garbage, garbage. You joy all of them. So, folks, you keep making that show a ratings winner, and these ladies will continue to a be employed and b make millions of dollars, which they all do when they say stuff like that, laughing about Antifa, which is no joke, no joke, and somehow making people like me and Bernie and all of you out there listening in your cars right now who love this country, who may in fact be Republican, making us part of the problem. In other words, we are terrorists. We haven't taken a gun, right? We haven't walked into Topps Market and blown away 10 innocent people. But according to people like Whoopi Goldberg, we are right there. We are right there. We stand in unison with these people. I don't know about you. That's pretty gross. And that's what she believes. She hates you. She hates you. She was really good in Ghost, though, no? <laughs> when Ted Danson jumped in her body, oh, that's such a great scene. What did she do, the clay? Oh, no, no that was just... to me more who did the clay. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I read something about Bruce Willis yesterday, too. He's a mess. His wife came out and said it's really, really, really bad. So, And I love Bruce, too. Anyway, that's, um, that's my soapbox moment for the view, and thank you for that cut, Rich. Traffic and sports coming up next, but right now it is time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. Every Saturday night, starting at 5, right before Cousin Brucey, Music Radio 77 WABC presents, I like this kid, the Vinny Madunio Show. Here's Vinny. Hey, each and every week, I get to go into the vinyl vault midweek and pull out a deeper cut now lately i've been doing a lot of 70s records you guys have been sending me so many different requests and songs that you want to hear in the deeper cut this week i chose one of my all-time favorites yep a little red bone and i dedicated it to all the guardians of the galaxy lovers such a great song. If you want to hear that segment and song in its entirety, go to WABCMusicRadio.com. Click Vinny Madunio's tab, and you'll get my blog. You'll get all kinds of installments of the Vinyl Vault Deeper Cut. 
There's even great behind-the-scenes interviews with me and a couple of the stars of the 60s on there, past editions of the Vinnie Madugno Show, and so much more clip? great content. Be sure to check back in the 3 o'clock hour this coming Wednesday to see what song I've chosen. I promise it's a good one. Oh, come Speaking on. of a good one, when we come back yeah. inside this week's Final Vault, it's a song all for Mama. Happy Mother's Day. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Game two tonight, Rangers and Hurricanes. Rangers lost game one. The only line that really played well was the kid line. Those guys played well. LaFanier was very, very good. Heedle was good. Uh, talk all of them. Uh, here is Ryan Strom talking about the kid line before game two, Rangers and Hurricanes, later on tonight. It's nice to see those guys, you know, do their thing. I think they've worked really hard, and they're all really, really good kids who um, are mature beyond their beyond their years, and um, they they work on their game nonstop. And you know, in the playoffs, it takes all four lines, and every game there could be a different like X factor. And I think they've been that for a few games. Game two tonight, Rangers down one nothing. Other hockey action. Tampa Bay won again in Florida. My my buddy Vinny Biola, his Florida Panthers are now down two games to nothing. The Blues evened up their series one one with the Colorado Avalanche. Eastern Conference Finals NBA. The Celtics blew out the Heat in Miami. That series is now also one one. Yankees suffered a loss. Doesn't happen often. A walk off win for Baltimore. Yankees still improved to, uh, excuse me, they're still 28-10, and 10, five games better than Tampa Bay for the best record in Major League Baseball. The Mets, oh, they got a walk-off win in dramatic style. And Alonzo cracks one of the Mets win the ballgame. Out of sight, a two-run bomb into the second deck for Pete Alonzo. And just like that, the Mets walk off with a 7-6 win. Gary Cohen, SNY. The Mets improved to 26-14. and 14. They built a seven-game lead over Philadelphia. PGA Championship yesterday after one day. Rory McIlroy in the lead. He shot a five under. Tiger Woods, nine strokes back. He shot four over par. Sports brought to you by the great Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out. PeerlessBoilers.com. PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. Rob Astorino coming up at 740 with Sports. I'm Sid. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. The notion of Republicans finally pushing back, that's because of Donald Trump. I mean, he created a party that actually, you know, has some guts. There's a better word for it, but I won't use it on radio. I'll save you the complaint. No, 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 no. I'll say it. I'll say it. He's got balls. Thank God. I'll say it. Okay. (laughs) You know, I, and I see where we're, you know, I don't want to get you guys, uh, they'll, they'll cancel you so fast your head will spin because, again, another government, another leftist controlled agency. Slow down, you crazy child. You're so ambitious for a juvenile, but then if you're so smart, Tell me, why are you still so afraid? Mm-hmm. Where's the fire? What's the hurry about? You better cool it off before you burn it out. You got so much to do and only so many hours in a day. Hey. But you know that when the truth is told that you can get what you want or you can just get old, you're gonna... Kick off before you even get halfway through. Ooh. Ooh. 
Billy Joel, Vienna, off of the classic The Stranger album. What a great song. And that, of course, was a highlight from yesterday's interview at 9.05 with Donald Trump Jr., who was great on this show yesterday. Well, we had such a a terrific show all around. Bill O'Reilly was great. And uh, my mother, I I can't thank you guys enough for the thousands. And that's not an exaggeration. Literally thousands of... Of messages, and I felt bad if I didn't answer you. Like I always tell you, tell Bernie the same thing. Anytime somebody sends me something, good, bad, or indifferent, I get plenty of negative stuff. A lot of negative stuff. Much more than Bernie. Bernie says, "We all do." Nah, he gets nothing negative. Okay, everybody loves Bernie, and now you know he's sick, and we love. I get plenty of negative. I don't care. I read everything, and and I don't respond usually to the negative stuff. Every now and then I will, but I read everything. So all the beautiful messages. You guys sent about my mom yesterday. I read them. I read them. And, um, and I uh, also responded to a few. But if I did not respond to all of you, just know that I read it and I sent a lot to my mom. And it was really very nice. Very, very creature in the White House. There she is, Naomi Rosenberg, 87 years old and uh, tough as they come. We have another lady coming on this show today at 9.05. Not a lot different than my mother, except she's a... She, well, she tends to act more classy. Like my mother, she doesn't care. She'll just rip into you. Cindy Adams comes off in her posh penthouse. A little different than Naomi Rosenberg, but there's still two great ladies. Cindy will join us coming up at 9.05. You can follow me on Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. You can follow the show at It's Bernie and Sid, It's Bernie and Sid, and the radio station at 77 WABC Radio. You can also follow me on Twitter at Sid Rosenberg and the show at Bernie and Sid. We've all got Facebook pages as well. And uh, here this is Tony DeLore, who just sent me a DM and said, quote, Sid, you do such a great job. The show is what it should be, entertaining, never boring. Well, thank you. I do pride myself on that, and so, do, so does the whole show. Anyway, now we'll get boring. We'll do, we'll do the news. Uh, <laughs> so boring. This uh, disinformation board. Let me ask an honest question. Rich, Lou, any one of you. And we spend a lot of time talking about this. If I walked outside on 3rd Avenue right now, and I grabbed 10 people. Now, don't forget. Don't forget. You've got banks over here. You've got serious businesses. This is not a residential area. This is a business area. These people are business savvy. People like Corey Zelnick, who, by the way, did tell me that um, he says 37% of the offices are being used, 14% on Fridays. He has no idea where Eric Adams got that 8%. I'll take Corey's word over Eric. But these are very savvy business people. And if I grabbed 10 people in the street right now and said, you tell me, who's Nina Jankovic? And what is the disinformation board, or what was it all about? How many would know? My answer? Yeah. Zero. Maybe one or two, right? No, zero. Zero, right. So <laughs> this is what I always talk about is, you know, we have this, for some reason, we're compelled to cover all this stuff. Now, look, it's a fun story for us because it does go to show you how inept the Democrats are. They have a disinformation board when, in fact, nobody sends out more disinformation than them. So there's an irony here that's beautiful for people like me and Bernie and our listeners. But 
sometimes I'll say, like, guys, come on, man. Uh, it's enough, okay? Uh, again, as Lou just said, zero out of ten people would know about her and this story. So today I'm going to give you three or four cuts and move on. I'm not going to repeat it. No one cares. It's going to be 90 degrees tomorrow. You're going to be on the beach. You're going to be watching the Mets. You're going to be watching the Yankees. You're going to be watching Tiger at the PGA. You may be running the Brooklyn Half. You may go to the parade on Sunday. No one, no one, trust me, folks. And these are arguments I'm going to do with even Matt Meany and Bernie every once in a while. No one is watching TV about the disinformation board. (laughs) Okay. Zero out of ten. Is that right, Lou? Even, Zero. Even Matt. <laughs> Matt's not watching. Even no, Matt Meany? No chance. No. He'll be at some Brooklyn bar tonight at two o'clock in the morning on Flappish Avenue, half wasted. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> I know the station's doing great. What do you mean what do you mean by half? <laughs> yeah, you're right. What do you mean by half? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's on the air right now. Oh, <laughs> so they did uh they did uh, suspend operations for this ridiculous disinformation board this week. And again, the irony is nobody lies more than these people. And uh, this Nina Jankovic, she's the worst of all. But she did talk yesterday about a few things. She talked about uh, people on Twitter. This is Nina Jankovic number four. Um, And I am eligible for it because I'm verified. But there are a lot of people who shouldn't be verified who aren't, you know, legit, in my opinion. I mean, they are real people, but they're not um, trustworthy. Anyway, so verified people can... Um, essentially start to edit Twitter the the same sort of way that Wikipedia is, so they can add context to certain tweets. Um, So just as an easy example, not from any political standpoint, if President Trump were still on Twitter and tweeted a claim about voter fraud, someone could add context from one of the 60 lawsuits uh, that went through the court or uh, something that an election official in one of the states said, perhaps your own secretary of state uh, <laughs> and, and his news conferences, something like that, yeah. adding context so that people um, have a fuller picture rather than just an individual claim oh, on a tweet. I got it. By the way, I'm, not, I'm not verified anywhere. I'm not verified on Twitter. I don't have that little blue check. I'm not verified on Instagram. I can't tell you how many times a week I get some DM from, like, some kid sitting at a computer in Kenya who wants $1,000. Says, hey, you're, you're a big, uh, big story. you got a blue check next to your name. I go, sure. What's it going to cost me? Oh, let's not talk about course just yet. Let's talk about all the great things you're going to get now. You're going to be able to, you know, get to 10000 more. I, I don't care. <laughs> I think I have, like, five or 6,000 followers on Instagram. Don't care. We used to hang out with these uh, real housewives. They have 800,000 followers, and that's all they care about. They're 52 years old. I mean, you kidding me? Grow up. I do have about 33,000 followers on Twitter, but uh, I, I am not verified anywhere, and I'm not getting verified. Now, uh, here is Jankovic talking about the actual board collapsing. This is Nina number five. Every characterization of the board that you've heard up until now has been incorrect. Uh, And frankly, it's kind of ironic that the board itself was taken over by disinformation when it was meant to fight it. (laughs) And here she says, I guess, the same thing over. This is Nina number six. And unfortunately and ironically, we were undone exactly by a disinformation campaign coming from folks who apparently want to put our national security behind their own personal political yeah, that's ambition. You. That's right. That's exactly what you do. That's the irony, Nina. That's what you do. That's what your colleagues do. That's what your party does. 
liars, disinformation, and it's been going on for years. I can list it. You know how I list all the crimes when we talk about white supremacy versus black supremacy? I can list the Russian hoax, the Ukraine hoax, the ridiculous impeachment. What a waste of time and money that was. And let me remind you, folks, that when these Democrats started the impeachment process, Pelosi, ship all these lowlifes, we were starting to get hammered by COVID, and they couldn't care less. They couldn't care if 5 million people died. They wanted Trump. Just like my contention is, as upset as they act on television, these Democrats are less upset that 10 innocent African Americans were murdered this weekend. They're more giddy about the fact that now they've got proof that white supremacy exists. And I know Bill O'Reilly said that's a bit harsh. I disagree. I don't care. I love Bill, and uh, Bill is the greatest of all time. He's not always right. Every now and then, I'm right, he's not. And I really believe in this case, and we don't know the answer. We'll never know the answer. These people are happy they have something they can point out now. Don't tell me there's no white supremacy. What about this kid in Buffalo? Okay, you're right. There's one. There's one. Anyway, Bob Bastarino coming up at 740. Cindy Adams coming up at 905. The Grand Marshal of the Israeli Independence Day Parade coming up on Sunday. Harvey Lippman coming up at 925. Maybe a special guest coming up at 840. And as always, your phone calls, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Sid with you on a Friday right here on Bernie and Sid, only on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. (laughs) Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, the great Boz Skaggs. Still live, Boz, you know, on the Upper West Side. I moved out about a month and a half ago. Moved to God's country, could not be happier, love where I live. God bless the people in the Rockaways, including Lou and MJ. Now, all of you folks, Bell Harbor, Neponset, Breezy, all of you folks, real Americans, great people. Upper West Side, terrible people, just the worst. And, the, of course, the folks that win up there, whether it's uh, Rosie O'Donnell, her fat brother, uh, Danny O'Donnell, that jerk, or uh, uh, Nadler, Jerry Nadler, who's, <laughs> I mean, come on. So uh, Nadler is now running against Carolyn Maloney. They, you know, they changed all the districts. And now that 10th district vacated by Nadler, Bill de Blasio is actually going to run for that spot. And, and God bless you New Yorkers if you, in fact, vote de Blasio in again. You did it a couple times with Mayor. If you didn't learn your lesson, what can I tell you? But uh, fat Jerry Nadler, who's one of the worst politicians in the history of New York, he's right there with de Blasio. He came out yesterday and ripped Republicans, which, again, folks, include me and Bernie and all you folks listening out there in your cars this morning. Here's what uh, Jerry Nadler had to say. This is number one. The problem is not that the Republican Party is racist. It's that the Republican Party won't call out the racist in its midst. That's us. The racist in its midst are us. Jerry Nadler. All right, folks, that was a great hour number one. Coming up this hour, Bill O'Reilly's morning message and Rob Astorino fires back at gubernatorial hopeful Lee Zeldin. Well, coming up in hour number two on Bernie and Sid right after this.
Sid in the Morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. On your Friday morning, as we inch closer to Memorial Day weekend, and folks, you're going to feel it tomorrow. Temperatures here in New York City, inland, 90 degrees tomorrow and Sunday. Closer to the beach, where I am, probably high 70s, but uh, 90 degrees, folks, coming up the next two days. We cool down considerably for most of next week afterwards. But this is the first real summer weekend, plenty of sunshine. I know most folks start their summer Memorial Day weekend. That's what I did forever, right? I mean, had the uh, the old bungalows in upstate New York. I think it all started with us at a place called SGS, which was like by Woodburn or something. I forget. Then we went to a place called Cappy's Bungalow Colony. Then we went to a place called Ideal that was very, very popular. And um, Landsman's, these were all the big bungalow colonies. When I was a kid, then my parents decided enough of these stupid bungalows. First of all, we don't own them. We got to rent them. We got to deal with a guy like Louis Slomowitz, God rest his soul, that ideal. Let's buy a house. So my parents made their way to White Lake Estates, which is Kanyanga Lake, really in Kanyanga Lake and White Lake and a beautiful community, about 200 homes. And they do all the same things the bungalow colonies did. Every Sunday morning, for example, for 100 years, they play softball. My father, God rest his soul, won a bunch of gold gloves at first base. I won a bunch of gold gloves at shortstop. Did that for years. And we've got what's called a quote-unquote casino. So if you've been to the bungalow colonies, this casino had nothing to do with a real casino. There was no gambling. It was usually a luncheonette and a theater where they would hold shows on Saturday nights. So some of the acts, for example, when the mountains were big, right, they were big, and you had Brown's Hotel and the Concord and Grossinger's and um, Kutcher's and the Stevensville, all these great hotels, some of the acts that would perform at these hotels, and Jerry Lewis, by the way, was the Browns, they would perform at these bungalow colonies on Saturday nights at the casino. And we've got that. In fact, our casino is right across the street from my parents' home in our community at White Lake Homes. And, you know, again, you know, the, the women during the week play cards. They go to show. I mean, Yenta's like you wouldn't believe. It's a turnoff for me. There's a lot of great folks. And I've been there for, I don't know, 45 years. And I love most of the people. Some of them I don't love. They don't know it. But they're such yentas. I mean, shut up. They sit at the pool all day. They got nothing better to do than talk about everybody else. And I hate people like that, even though I do that four hours a day here. That's my job. I can't help it. <laughs> so after a while, it gets really annoying. But uh, look, it's, um, it's a destination. You got the pool. 
You got the games, like I said, little kids all going up together. There's a lot of nice things about it. And Memorial Day weekend is usually when you go up. Now, the difference with this place is these people own the home, like my mother, who lives there all year round. So they don't have to wait till Memorial Day to come up there. These, like, bungalow colonies, they wouldn't open, most of them, until the week before July 4th let alone Memorial Day weekend. But if you own a home, for example, like John Katsimatidis does in the Hamptons or Naomi does in upstate New York or Larry Legrano does on the Jersey Shore out in Tom's River, then you can go whenever you want. And I would imagine, and we'll talk to Joe Nolan later, that folks are going to make their way even the week before Memorial Day weekend to their summer homes, 90 and sunny the next two days. Are you going to stay in the city? That, that was the one thing about living in Manhattan. I'll tell you this, folks. There is nothing more depressing. I don't care if you, listen, I lived in between Central Park and Riverside Park, and I took advantage. I walked around the city day after day, no shirt on, went to every park, did all of that. There is nothing more depressing than waking up on a beautiful, hot weekend day and being in New York City. Then driving and seeing, like, you know, kids opening up the, um, what do you call those things uh, with the water? Fire hydrants. Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> oh, my God, 19 kids bathing in a fire hydrant. I mean, come on. So, I mean, you have to admit, I wake up on this. I'm like, well, I'm going to walk to the park. What am I going to do? You know, one year, Bernie still makes fun of me. It was a very hot summer a couple of years ago. And uh, if I didn't go see my mom upstate, we had nowhere to go. I was living on the beach like I am now. And we decided to go to the pool in Central Park like 110th Street in Central Park. But they took away all the lounge chairs. It was like COVID. I don't remember what it was. So we had to lay on the hot cement with towels, me and Danielle, just to swim in a pool with like 16,000 other people. It was so gross. And, and again, it's nice. And for people that can't leave the city, I guess it's okay. But it was like, I said to myself, man, I got to get out of here. I mean, I'm at a pool in Central Park. My feet were burning me. My back was burning me. It was awful. So I don't do that anymore. (laughs) So if you're uh, planning to go away this weekend, let us know about it. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. LeGrano, you going away? You going anywhere this weekend? I'm actually going to see uh, Rodwell out in Williamsburg this weekend. I'm not going down the beach. You're going to see who? (laughs) What was that? Rockwell? Rodwell. Oh, the kid that works here? Yeah, you know how you call him Roderick every day? It's Rodwell. It's not Roderick? No. Why are you going to see him? Uh, Because I haven't seen him in a while. Are you guys friends? Like friends? Yes. What? I don't know. I I don't know. You see me with him every day. Well, you have to work with the guy. It doesn't mean you're going to go to Williamsburg and hang out with the guy. I know you're a friend. He's a a great kid, by the way. He's a very nice kid, but I don't know what you guys do. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm going to go see him this weekend. Wow, that sounds terrible. What are you guys going to (laughs) do? Go through the fire hydrant? I don't know. We'll figure it out. You're going to Williamsburg? Yeah. Go see Joe Nunziata. He runs Williamsburg. Okay. Go to uh, Peter Luger. And then what? Peter Luger's in Williamsburg. Uh, Do you think I've got the... uh... The money for that? I don't. I have no idea. Your father ran the stock market for twenty years. He paid Dick Grasso. <laughs> Just tell me your name is Legrano. Right. Yeah, you know how that right works in. these no. days. You yeah. Right in. So you're not going anywhere. No. All right. You want to come to my house and go to the beach? Yeah, sure. He's you not, really do. He, he's not going to be there. Am so. I allowed to take my? No, shirt No, I am going to be there. No. Actually, no, don't take your shirt off. Okay, then maybe yeah. not. My daughter Ava. This is unbelievable. She she comes to us two days ago. She goes, uh, "Here's a deal, mom and dad. She doesn't ask us anything anyway. That's it. Here's a deal. So." June 6th, 
is some senior day in high school. I forgot what you called it. I don't care. And we're all going to the beach, and we're all going to Rockaway. And Danielle and I go, wow, that's ironic. We just moved here. Now that's where you, well, I, I said it should be here. And I go, well, now why would you do that? She's like, well, you know, I lived in an apartment all these years, and I haven't been in my own house since I'm a little girl in Florida, and I thought it would be a good idea now that I really do have a house. I go, you don't have anything. You don't have a house. Okay, you get to live rent-free in my house. Well, I'm still inviting my friends over. I go, okay, how many? 13. 13? Are you nuts? How many guys? What's the difference, how many guys? What do you care? Why are guys different? And here we go. Here we go. Right? How many blacks? How many gays? How many guys? How many girls? I'm just asking you a question. Seven guys. Okay, Dad? What if I don't want them to come? Tough. Basically, that's how the conversation goes. And I hope John Cashmatidis is listening because I guarantee you AJ puts him through the same thing. Is this senior skip day? Yes. Okay. Yes. How do you know about this? Because we had it when I was in high school. Well, what do you guys do on that day? We just don't go to school. They don't go. It's the week week after prom, and the seniors just don't go to school. My daughter has 36 absences this year. What do you mean? That's the one day you don't go to school. (laughs) What the hell are you talking about? Every senior agrees to not go to school. Okay, well, great. So now they're all going to the beach, and they want to come back to my house to party afterwards. I go, no, I'm not not having Oh No, we're doing it, Dad. And I spoke to Danielle last night. I said, they're not doing it, right? No, they're doing it. So now, that's in two weeks. Now she's got three girlfriends coming over tonight. And they're going for dinner with us to Rocco's, and they're all sleeping over. I go, when did my house turn into, like, a, 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 a sorority? When? What happened? Well, it's nice. The kids will hold up in this little, and it's true. My son hasn't had a window in six years between Wall Street and the Upper West Side. She's like, they will hold up in an apartment for six years. Let them have some fun. Okay. So every weekend basically is, until Ava goes away to college in a couple of months, it's whatever Ava wants to do, that's what we do. We're hostages to Ava, my daughter, who I love desperately, and her uh, girlfriends and dopey guy friends and all that nonsense. So, But she was all caught up in the Amber Heard trial yesterday, too. My God. She hates Amber Heard. And I think uh, Bernie read something. There was a poll out that says that most women, most women defend Johnny Depp, and most men defend Amber Heard. I don't defend either. To me, they're both animals. I mean, my God, it's like, would you rather have AIDS or herpes? I mean, that's the choice here. But uh, Ava, for some reason, likes uh, Johnny Depp and hates Amber Heard. So she's going on and on about the trial. And I say, Ava, I don't care. Please, I'm begging you, I don't care. But you need to hear this. Aren't you going to cover this on the show tomorrow? No. So as this conversation is going on, well, my, sounds like it's fun. unbelievable. <laughs> and as it's going on, Danielle is playing a Howard Stern interview yesterday with Harry Styles. So I'm sitting there rolling my eyes. Why are you rolling your eyes? I don't find Harry Styles interesting. I like his music. He's pretty good. He's boring me. He's boring you. Why? Why is he boring you? I'm like, why am I? I just, I want to hear Sister Golden Hair surprise and eat my chicken cutlet and go to bed. I don't want to hear from this kid who wears a a Harry style. Play the song and that's it. By the way, his new song is great. And Howard, for the most part, did a good interview. But, I mean, I'm sick of Stern. But then I love Stern. I'm I'm so conflicted. Because every time I put Howard Stern on, because he's still the greatest of all time, and he's still the best interviewer ever, and I've stolen all of his stuff. That's why I'm great. But um, I keep hearing Bernie's voice in my head. You know, Coward Stern and blah, blah, blah. And then I feel conflicted. And... 
So they're like, oh, so now you can't listen because Bernie doesn't like him or because, what, he, does, he doesn't like Trump? I'm like, well, I didn't say that. I just, I'm just not that interested in Harry Styles, you know, when he's talking to, you know, you know maybe uh, Cooper. I like Bradley Cooper. Then I'll listen. Or the kid Billy Corrigan from Smashing Pumpkins. Then I'll think it's great. I'm just understanding how he sounds. You are interested. You just don't want to admit it. Okay. Fine. You're right. Um, make it louder. This is the conversation. This is. Are you having a little therapy thing right now? <laughs> <laughs> You're sweating right through your chest. This therapy is sponsored by Pete Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Who yeah, gets yeah. the fee for this session? She goes. Danielle goes. Well. I have to play the Harry Styles interview now because I listened to your show yesterday. And I'm like, you did. I love you. Love you to death. Thank you very much. Like, by the way, like she's doing me a favor. I mean, we got the number one show in New York. I'm her husband, and I have to beg her to listen to me and not Howard Stern because she gets nervous. Like, I'm going to say something that's going to get us canceled. <laughs> or, or, or Bernie or Bernie is going to say something because Bernie is a lot more vicious when it comes to the Dems than I am. It's not even close. Imbecile, moron, bimbo, harlot. That's Bernie. So she's like, I can't listen because between the two of you, you're going to say something stupid and it's all going to go away. I said, well, Bernie may, but I won't. So I'm sold the next couple of days. Don't worry about it. We're good to go. And then she texts me like a thousand times. I go, do me a favor. Please listen to Howard Stern. Please. Well, you got to say allegedly. You can't just say that this guy, okay. And she's right. She's a lawyer. You know, you got to watch your ass here. But um, that's, uh, that's the Rosenbergs, and I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> TV show is coming in within a year. You know, it's funny you say that. Back in 2001, MSG, in the early days of reality television, MSG offered me a reality show. When I was working for Imus and you guys at WFAN, and uh, Danielle didn't want to do it. Now she says she would do it. So if there's a new reality show, The Real Housewives of Bell Harbor, or uh, I don't know, you want to follow us around and you're willing to pay a lot of money, uh, we're into it. And uh, we're the first family of New York at this point, so what do you think? Make it happen. No? Not really, Frankie Diaz? That's a stretch, right? That's a stretch. I'll put Eric Adams on the show. He'd love it. <laughs> First family in, like, the Matrix, maybe. <laughs> 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Bill O'Reilly's morning message. And Rob Astorino fires back at Lee Zeldin. All coming up this hour on Bernie and Sid. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Salute, 727 on your Friday morning. 
I did uh, mention earlier today that last night, after two or three edibles, I uh, I went to the kitchen wearing my Bernie and Sid WABC radio T-shirt, which people love. It's got the UCLA colors, that light blue. And uh, I decided, and you can watch the video right now. It's on my story, one of one of the stories, at Rosenberg.Sydney on Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney. I decided to try for the first time in a long, long time a devil dog. When I was a kid, I loved devil dogs. I loved ring dings, all those Drake's cakes. And my son, Gabriel, he loves them too. So, again, I always tell you, folks, when the radio show is over, go back to WABCradio.tv, WABCradio.tv, and watch the television portion of the radio show. Eric Salas does an amazing job, and right now he's playing the video of me holding up the devil dogs. So my son Gabe likes all these uh, stuff. So I tried a ring ding last week, and it was awful. It was like wax, basically like eating wax. And uh, last night, I went to the Devil Dog, and I promised on the Instagram video I would give you my review of the Devil Dog on this show, and I will tell you that while most things that I loved as a kid I tried today, and it's not nearly the same. Maybe I'm just getting old. I sound like my father, God rest his soul, my grandfather. But I really feel like a lot of this stuff, even cereals and candies, just not the same. They're smaller. The chocolate's not as good. It's waxier. The devil dog, as close as it gets to what I had as a kid. I loved it. In fact, I had to be stopped physically by Danielle from going downstairs and having a second and I'm getting fat. I mean, I'm not Luke Legrano, but I'm getting fat. Sorry, Luke. And um, I got to watch myself because I'm on the beach this weekend. Uh, but I still almost had to. I'm sorry. That wasn't. Now, listen, I think it's it's how we came in. It's how we're going to go out, right? <laughs> but you know, I'm only kidding. If you, if, By the way, if you were really fat and it was an issue, I wouldn't say it because I'd feel badly. So I say it because you're not really. You yeah, know what I'm no. saying? And also, I'm down about like 15 pounds since when I met you, so I don't even feel that bad you're about You're down it. about 15? Yeah, since since I met you, yeah. What, you weigh like 400 pounds? No. <laughs> anyway, uh, how about those Mets? <laughs> yeah, I'm, no, I'm no Mo Vaughn anymore, that's for sure. <laughs> no, no, you look great. You're a great-looking kid. Stop. Cute you're a great-looking kid. Yeah, kid. Yeah. So the, the big story out of Buffalo is the social media websites that are being investigated. My son, for example, is on, what was that, Discord? Have you heard of this, uh, Luke, Discord? Yep, I've heard of it. And I know, Frankie, you have too. So he has these discussions with like 10 of his buddies on Discord all the time. Uh, Obviously, they're not discussing murdering people in a restaurant, in a uh, supermarket, or anything nasty. But he is on that Discord quite a bit. And I guess this Buffalo shooter was on Discord like 30 minutes before he committed this heinous crime and actually told these people he was going to do this. Right? He he put it out there. It was kind of like... There's all these stories that the night before September 11th, September 10th of 2001, I know exactly where I was. I was in my house in Boca Raton, watch in Boca Raton, Sydney grew up, uh, in New York City, watching the Giants taking on the Denver Broncos. But um, as legend has it, there was a strip club in like Tampa, somewhere in Florida, where a bunch of Middle Easterners walked in. And they were partying, which they usually don't do. That's kind of against the religion and all that. And they were partying. And somebody even said, what are you doing Monday night partying? Not, and they said, tomorrow is the day we put your country to the end. Something like that. Like something really diabolical. 
And they're like, ha, 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 that's so funny. Get them more champagne. Bring over more vodka tomorrow's a day. And then like eight hours later, planes were crashing into the World Trade Center. So, you know, they, these guys actually said what was going to happen. Well, this kid is on Discord. He's telling folks, I'm going to do this, and he does it. And um, so there were red flags, certainly, right? But isn't there always, have we seen Frank James, for example, the subway shooter, right? He was all over the Internet. He had all kinds of videos. I don't know what social media sites he was on, but his own stuff was filled with hateful, hateful videos. seems like every time we have one of these really horrible happenings, these folks are not shy about it. You remember the guy in Virginia? He was a, uh, a uh, I guess a uh, host, not a host, what do you call that? An anchor, a news anchor. And he had been in Florida, went to Virginia. He had been fired a bunch of times. He was really angry. And um, long story short, there was this beautiful young blonde anchor or host on this news station in Virginia. And she's doing an interview on, like, the boardwalk or something. And she's got her camera guy. His name was Adam. I forget his last name. And this guy, I think his name was Ferguson or something. I forget his last name. doesn't matter. We don't want to talk about him. He uh, walks up, and he shoots and kills both of them. And he actually aired the whole thing on Facebook. As far as I know, that was the first time ever anybody actually aired a murder live on social media. Frankie Diaz, you remember that that whole story, right? Yeah, that was Allison Parker and Adam Ward. Thank actually, you. I knew yeah. the guy that Adam Ward replaced because I used to go to school in Virginia. So oh, wow. It, it wow. Was yeah. A little close to home for me. So we've been hearing and seeing these things for many, many years. So there were certainly red flags. And uh, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, who's one of the most despicable people you'll ever meet, and just a, again, I use this, these words quite a bit, but it's true here, a horrible person. She talked about how the red flag laws didn't work in this case. This is Kirsten Gillibrand, number seven, Lewis, number seven. The man who just a year earlier had been flagged as someone with mental illness who had both suicidal and murderous ideations. And unfortunately, despite that intervention, our red flag laws were not triggered and they were not used properly. Um, he should never have been able to buy a gun, True. Uh, and, and let alone a military-style assault rifle. She's right about that. So there's a guy named Grady Lewis, and this guy, Grady Lewis, contends that he spoke with the gunman the day before the rampage. Here's Grady Lewis, number eight. That day, he asked me, are you going to be here tomorrow? I said, yeah, because he came back here to the same spot where I bought him something to drink and shot people to look like me. It would have shot me if I was standing there. So this kid was in court yesterday, and there was a woman inside the courtroom, and she started screaming, this is number nine. She called him a coward at the very end of that audio. Rabbi Jonathan Freerich, I'm not sure if I said that correctly, he met with a bunch of the families, the victims. He had this to say yesterday from Buffalo number 10. They were stunned in silence and stillness. I mean, what do you do when the monster who has destroyed your family walks into a courtroom? Now, the Tops Market, that's the name of the place. It's obviously closed right now. I mean, it's... You know, we're only a couple of days away. It's a, it's a murderous site. But they, they do have plans on reopening. Here's the President John Persons on those plans. We will be here. We will be in this store. 
We want to make sure that it is done right and we open it in a respectful manner for our associates, our employees, and for the community at large. And finally, the assistant manager of that Tops Market actually called 911 during the shooting, and you're not going to believe what happened here. I didn't really see much at all. I just heard the gunshots and just dropped down to the ground and just waited for him to stop, and he just wouldn't stop. So I tried to call 911, and I was whispering because I could hear him close by, and when I whispered on the phone to 911, the, op- the dispatcher would start yelling at me, saying, why are you whispering? You don't have to whisper. And I'm mm. trying to tell her, like, ma'am, he's in the store. He's mm. shooting as an active shooter. I, I'm scared for my life. And she said something crazy to me, and then she hung up in my face. And I had to call my boyfriend to tell him to call 911. 911 hung up on her because she was whispering with an active shooter right behind her. Jesus. There you have it, folks. <laughs> Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. (laughs) Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You can call whatever whatever names you want to call, but the you know the reality with Astorino is that he doesn't have a running mate. You could ask yourself, why, Rob? Why don't you have a running mate anymore? You know what happened, Michael Grace? Well, the problem is, is that he got kicked off of the ballot. Why did why did Michael Grace get kicked off the ballot by by not just the board of elections, but but in court? What what was wrong? Well, they submitted thousands of illegal signatures. That's the end of the story. Is it the end of the story? Not when Sid Rosenberg is hosting a show. <laughs> it ain't the end of the story. That was Lee Zeldin's contention yesterday. Yesterday was a very ugly, ugly show, which uh, means the ratings had to be through the roof. I haven't checked. But uh, the back and forth between Lee Zeldin and Andrew Giuliani was epic. And then Rob Astorino, who you heard there, Zeldin take the task. He um, He's going to come on now, I guess, and uh, answer the question, what happened to Michael Grace and these signature uh, forgeries and all this stuff that Lee Zeldin contends uh, both guys did, Astorino and Giuliani. So here he is, become a very good friend of the show. He's Bernie's endorsement for governor. He is, was a great executive in Westchester County, Rob Astorino. Rob, good Friday morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm going to be as hot as this weekend weather in a moment, but go ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I felt badly because you called in yesterday, and we literally just ran out of time. It wasn't that I put Andrew on and not you. I did want to hear from you, so I'm really happy you're on this morning. Uh, you're one of the big three, as they say, you, Andrew, and Lee. Uh, Lee uh, said yesterday that Andrew Giuliani, the reason why there was this whole issue was because of uh, forgeries and signatures. And he said the same thing about you and your guy, Michael Grace. So get hot. Take it away, Rob. I still, you know, it was Lee right? What's going on? Well, let's start off with a declarative statement. Lee Eldon is a liar. Okay. And I hate to say that, but you can't for the last month pretend like you had nothing to do with the signature challenges. I got a box a foot high, literally, of paper on challenges that they were doing over the course of a week, claiming that you know two people in Albany, just ordinary citizens who hired legal representation, 
at probably $500 an hour, <clears throat> went through all of these signatures on mine, 21,000, as well as Michael Grace, who was a really good, decent, honorable man who was the supervisor in the town of Yorktown. Uh, we had volunteers all over the place. They did this to Andrew Giuliani, and they did this to Harry Wilson. So he didn't want to have any competition because if I had his record, I don't think I'd want to have a debate or talk about it either, saying Cuomo should be president and voting for the Cuomo budget. Um, that's going to be a big problem from any knows it. And well, 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 hold on. Let me stop you. I, that's where I disagree with you, okay, because, first of all, you have to go back many, 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 Doesn't many matter. years. If it does matter. It. No, hold on, hold on, because back then Cuomo was more of a moderate. And, yes, as it turned out, he's one of the worst politicians and a louse. But you couldn't tell me, and I know you're a smart guy, Rob, that the Andrew Cuomo of 2021 was the same guy in 2012. I certainly can because I ran against him because he was a corrupt thug on a good day, and everybody knew it. So if you didn't know back then that Cuomo had us on the wrong track, was a, was a thug, was corrupt with the Buffalo Billion, was the Moreland Commission, with uh, Startup New York, That's with true. all those things that were swirling around him, if all you didn't true. know he was a bad guy then, then yeah. I do question your judgment, and you don't belong in Albany when you did have your chance. But anyway, let me go back to these. I don't want to dwell on this, but I do want to, I want to answer it. You know, these were not thrown out because of forgeries. That is an utter lie. And that, by the way, that that kind of slander can't happen because what he's saying that uh, either I did, which, of course, was thrown out in court by his allegations um, and obviously we're running or what Michael Grace did or Andrew Giuliani saying that people sat in a corner and just scribbled names. That is an absolute that's forgery, fraud. And and that would be illegal. None of that was even proven, none of that. What the technicalities were that got Michael Grace off, first off, he had the number of signatures. They literally added wrong at the Board of Elections using their numbers, and they wouldn't accept to do it again, which is crazy because he would have qualified. But anyway, an 80-year-old woman in Cattaraugus, okay, which is far west New York, she went out and got 80 signatures. She's a Republican. She got Republicans to sign. And just because they might have put their wrong uh, town as opposed to the village, et cetera. Like in New York, for instance, if you put Garden City after your signature, which is your address, instead of the town of Hempstead, they might throw that out on a technicality, an arcane hmm. technicality. Right. Not that they're not a Republican, not that they didn't sign it, not that it wasn't witnessed. So it's all just completely absurd. Uh, everybody should have been on the ballot, including Grace. I am, and so is Andrew Giuliani. And, and, that's his nightmare because, you know what, Republicans are going to have a choice, and they should, whether they want a, you know, a Cuomo lackey when he was in Albany or if they want somebody who actually did the job like I did as an executive, cut taxes, held the line on, on spending, and went after the corruption in Albany and called them all out, including, unfortunately, some people in my own party. So, I'm, look, I'm ready for this race in the next 38 days or whatever it is. And um, and I can't wait to go head to head. And, yeah, I'd be happy to have a debate on WABC. Uh, let's see if if Lee has the guts to accept it. Well, you don't want to do it on WABC. You want to do it. I mean, yes, ABC. But here it's got to be with me and Bernard. We, we've yeah, uh, had all three right. of you on often. We've covered this thing and it's got to be here. None of this uh, late afternoon stuff. But uh, we, we'd love <laughs> and we'd love to do it. We really Overnight would. With, with right, Frank do it, exactly. Do it at one o'clock in the morning with Frank. Uh, but but, you know, you look back at the history of these short campaigns. 
And and if I'm wrong here, correct me, Rob. Uh, one of the reasons why I do like you and Bernie loves you, he's endorsing you, is uh, you too. You got a, you got a, a brass steel, a set of balls. Uh, you're not afraid. You're very smart. You've had success as a politician. You're well-rounded. I remember you and I actually hit it off really great the first time you were on. John Katzmatidis was the guy that encouraged me to put you on this show. And we talked Nami Dalpin football, and I said, <laughs> I love this guy. Um, but you were the first one to throw a haymaker in this quote-unquote, fight. You were the first one to come out and say, Zeldin this, Zeldin that, because a lot of us thought you guys would save all that for the eventual big face-off against Kathy Hochul, but you came out swinging first about Zeldin. Is that fair to say? Um, I don't remember if I was first or not, but it's fair to say that it's fair game. I mean, I'm not going after him personally, other than what I just said, because... You called him a liar. That's, that's, well, you that's know pretty what? personal. <laughs> I have to at this point because what he said yesterday was an outright lie to me and to Giuliani and to Michael Grace and to Harry Wilson, honestly. Well, where is Michael Grace now? Where is he now? What happened there? Well, he was, he was taken off the ballot on technicalities, on arcane technicalities. So, you know, instead of having a lieutenant governor debate, uh, which would be good for the people, and disenfranchising – you know, between the, the four candidates, there was over, I think it was about 100,000 signatures, registered Republicans, who said, we want to have a debate in the party and to have ideas and, and, and a primary, as opposed to the establishment and a few party bosses picking way back when and anointing somebody. That's not what we do here. You know, so uh, that when he says that things were forged and things were fraud, that's an outright lie, and I'm not going to accept that, period. All right, fair enough. I wouldn't either. If, in fact, it was an outright lie, I'd be as pissed off as you are, to be honest. Um, I remain very, very friendly with Lee. I picked him as, uh, as my candidate from the very beginning. But if there's any credence to what you're saying, I'd be very angry, too. You know, you keep including Harry Wilson as the fourth guy. Hey, Rob, I know he went to college with the guy, so I guess he feels indebted somehow. They're friendly. Anybody who gives money to Alvin Bragg, do not put yourself in the same category. Do not associate with somebody giving money to Alvin Bragg, okay? Well, look, I agree with that. I think that was a fatal error, and but that's up for debate. We can all have that. That debate. is not we up for debate. debate. That is absolute one thousand percent. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm saying I, I believe in Harry's right to run. He has to defend that donation to Alvin Bragg, which I think is ridiculous. But I, I defend his right to run. He got signatures too, so um, you know the voters will pick that, and and you know we'll figure it out. But look, you know. Yesterday, uh, two days ago, I, I was in the city talking about uh, crime and talking about um, how we've got to get rid of Hochul and what I would do. And, you know, it's like <laughs> I was up in Albany the other day, and the only thing that the media wanted to ask me was replacement theory. Do you agree with replacement theory? <laughs> Are you a replacement oh, theorist? On. Is this where the Republican Party is? And I looked at the, I looked at the woman who asked, asked me the question. I said, what the hell are you talking about? I honestly had no idea what she's talking about. And then she explains it, and I said, you know, she's the replacement of white people by immigrants and others. I said, if you're talking about illegal immigration, as I'm exposing with these flights coming in almost every night now at the Westchester County Airport, and people here illegally getting services and getting cash assistance and going in school and going into our health care facilities and hospitals – and we can't afford to pay our own bills here as citizens, then, yeah, I have a problem with mm. illegal immigration. Right. But the only thing that needs to be replaced 
is Kathy Hochul and her stupid policies. Well done. You know, I, I talked about stop, question, and frisk. We need to bring that back. There is no question about that. And it is legal under a Supreme Court decision from 68, Terry v. Ohio. It's in our uh, CPL law here in criminal procedure law in New York. It is absolutely legal. New York City needs to fight back and say goodbye to the monitor and go back to court and use that yep. tool. Yep. We need to put people, you know, our cops in uniform. They need to be on the subway platforms, you know, to show visibly that they're there and to protect. Uh, we, we really need the undercover cops. Right now, I don't know if you know this, but the street, anti-street gangs and everything, yeah. uh, anti-gun units, they have to wear, quote, a monitor. Do we know it? I mean, you listen to the it's show, we talk insane. about it all the time. Me and Bernie yeah. think that's crazy, but a guy like Bo Deedle, who served for many years, says, Sid, Bernie, you have to understand, we have a lot of cases of friendly fire. Guys just don't know. So there are some cops that believe that's the better way to do it, guys who actually had that job. Me, I'm with you. I think the element of surprise is the winner. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to a lot of cops, and i talked to former commissioners, and I think they're siding with us that that's the only way you're really going to crack down. Obviously, friendly fire you want to prevent in every way. But, um, you know, so you know, getting rid of her parole board, which has released yep. 20 cop killers. Yep. Firing Alvin Bragg, which is what I said from the very beginning we would do. These are big issues. And, of course, repealing no cash bail, which is which is the big mama of it all. Right. You know, no, the media doesn't want to talk about that. I they know. want to put a microphone and say replacement. Thing. I know. So 30 <laughs> seconds to go, and you certainly did a great job again this morning. Uh, 30 seconds. I kind of feel like now it's you and Giuliani teaming up in an effort to beat Lee Zeldin, because you, you both feel like he's lied about the both of you. Is, is this now like a, uh, like, a, like a wrestling match, a two-on-one, you and Giuliani versus Lee Zeldin? <laughs> Tag team wrestling. Yes. Um, I, I'm not Andre the Giant, but I'm ready to go. And you know what? Uh, Andrew's great. I really I like him a lot as a friend. And, um, I, you know, I wish we could have teamed up as governor, lieutenant governor, because I think he's got a great career in politics. But you know what? We believe in, in similar things, and we believe that we've been defamed by the supposed weak frontrunner. So, yeah, um, you know, we might align on this issue, definitely. We align on a lot of issues, to be honest with you. I think the biggest thing for me is just the experience and that the supposed frontrunner, Lee Zeldin, had his time in Albany, and he blew it. He was the go-along, get-along crowd. That's not what we need to fix this state. It's something we need right now is what I did in Westchester. That's the only way we're going to change things here. Hey, Rob, great job. Really terrific job. Glad you came on today, had your chance to speak. And I'm glad all three of you guys had your chance to speak. Lee, you and Andrew, now let's leave it up oh, to the, the listeners. Uh, you got to ask him, Sid, because the last couple of times, you got to ask him when, when Zeldin is on, yeah. will he support the winner of the primary? I have said this repeatedly. I will support the winner if it's not me. Okay. He has never said that. Okay. Uh, I promise you. I will ask him that the next time he comes on, and maybe, just maybe, you can ask him yourself if you three guys are in studio. <laughs> hey, have a great weekend. Great job, Rob. Really terrific. Thank you so much. Thank you. Go Rangers. I want to say this. All right. Sports, I'm Rob. <laughs> That's very good. Rob Astorino from downtown with sports. I'm Rob. Rob Astorino, gubernatorial hopeful, and uh, he becomes the second guy in the last two days. To call my friend Lee Zeldin a liar. So, well, uh, this uh, saga will continue right here on the Burning and Sid Show, and of course, here in the state of New York. Hour number three coming right at you right after this. Burning and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Queen's right at 8.05 on your Friday morning. It's a great, great, great song, Silent Lucidity, as we start the second half of our Friday show. And the first two hours, you got to give Rob Mastorino a big thumbs up. Had his chance to respond to Lee Zeldin's accusations. And he did the same thing Andrew Giuliani did yesterday, which was, without any hesitation, he's a liar. That's what those two guys said about Lee. Uh, again, I'm on record. I like Lee Zeldin. He's a good friend. I'm still endorsing Lee Zeldin. There is still more investigative work to be done here, and hopefully we'll have that debate they're talking about. I'm not inviting Harry Wilson here, though. You may as well forget about it. Forget it. This guy gave money to Alvin Bragg. He, can, he ain't coming here. No. Who's that? Exactly. He's, he's another Republican candidate. Frank Morano's like, what about Harry? Well, what about Harry? I mean, I have a brother-in-law named Harry. I know that. And I did like that movie when Meg Ryan faked the orgasm at uh, Katz's Deli. What was that then when Harry met Sally? But uh, Harry Wilson, he, I mean, please. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's a three-man race. And that is Zeldin, Giuliani, and Astorino. And uh, they're all invited. Then me and uh, Bernard will be more than happy to conduct a real debate. And we'll let it get ugly. See, that's Some of these debates, they just... You know, the moderators are too nice, you know. You can't have that. You have to – this is a very serious job. The state is falling apart. The city is falling apart. Eric Adams doing a little better as of late. He did say something yesterday that made me happy, and I'll tell you what it is coming up. But still far from good. And Hochul, one of the worst ever. It, this is serious business, folks. You know, we've had some fun the last couple of days with the personal sniping and the back and forth and at the end of the day, for me, it's about getting this show ratings. That's, that's what matters. I'm being honest. Um, but, but on a serious note, I am worried about the future of the city and the state. And even though the last couple of days people are like, oh, my God, Sid, I love it, I love it, I love it. Zelda, you know, we do want to get to the real issues. It's not whether or not somebody lied about a petition. I mean, that, that may, that may point to a character issue, if any of this is true. But I want the guy who's going to go out there and do the things that Astorino just talked about. Improve crime in this state and up with the bail reform. Go out there and, and uh, yell at uh, Heasty and Cousins and the rest of these idiots. Change things in this city, in this state. They're going to make it better. That's all I really care about. So even though, yes, uh, I got caught up the last couple of days and you folks have enjoyed it, I haven't lost sight of the real focus, and that is whoever wins this race of the three of these men, who I happen to like all three. I like all three. 
Giuliani, Zeldin, and Astorino. And I'd be really happy if any one of those three won. I can't say that for Lee. I have not asked him that yet publicly. But I'd be very happy if any one of those three men won. We'd be in much better shape than uh, Kathy Hochul. She is uh, she's evil. You know, we have this discussion back and forth with Bill O'Reilly about evil. Is Joe Biden evil or just dementia-ridden? And O'Reilly seems to sympathize every now and then with Biden. Well, you know, I don't think he's evil. He said yesterday, I think Nancy Pelosi is evil, but not Biden. I disagree. You know, when you're standing there after 13 courageous service people were slaughtered at the hands of terrorists that you made happen, you made happen because your bungled attempt to leave Afghanistan. And when you're standing there and checking your watch, like Jane Fonda did in Clute when she was getting banged as a hooker, that's evil. That's evil. That is such a great reference. I, I got to tell you, sometimes I got to give myself uh, some applause. I mean, who else is going to do something like that? Only Rich and I got that reference. <laughs> you, have to be old. you think so? What? <laughs> you know, I t- I'll take it a step further. One of the greatest movies of all time is Night Shift, comedic, uh, comic movies. It was written and directed by Ron Howard. Yes, Opie, uh, Richie Cunningham, that same Ron Howard. And it starred Michael Keaton, and he was great. And the female star was Shelley Long, Cheers fame. And it had a bunch of other actors that you would all recognize. Uh, Henry Winkler, in fact, was Michael Keaton's best friend. They ran the morgue together, and Henry Winkler was great. So he's really the star of the movie, Winkler. So Winkler ends up with um, Shelley Long, who's a hooker. And in one scene, they make love for the first time in a bathtub. Bath bitter. Oh, my God. Bath bitter. What a, what a great commercial. Thank you, Neil. They make love in a bathtub. And Winkler brings up the Jane Fonda scene in the movie Clute. And Shelley Long's response is it was perfect. I don't wear a watch. So she must have really enjoyed it. Anyway, uh, that is... uh, Thank you. Uh, Bill Clinton. Oh, by the way, his wife's in trouble. Go read the New York Post. A lawyer lied, all that stuff. This uh, this is not going away either. This uh, Durham investigation. That is the cover of the Post. But anyway, that is my uh, soapbox moment right there. How was that? Was that good, uh, Lou? Yeah, that was... (laughs) You got to night shift. (laughs) It was impressive. I know. So my son, Gabriel, who I discuss often on this show, I love the fact that the fans... I'll meet people in the street, and I've always said this, and I know I'm right. Very few people stop me and go, I love what you said about Trump yesterday. (laughs) I love when Bernie said... Very few. I'm being honest. I get this. How's Danielle? How's Ava? How's Gabriel? How does Bernie feel? And I think one of the reasons why this show, I know, and I don't think, I know. One of the reasons why this show was popular is because we, me and Bernard, we invite you in as if you're a friend or part of the family, right? I mean, it's not just, we're not just sitting here giving you news and opinions, because if we did that, you can just put on Fox News every morning. If you want to hear Republican talking points, which we do a lot of anyway, to be honest. You can just put on Fox News, right? And listen to Kilmeade and Ducey and Ainsley and, or Newsmax with Rob Finnerty. Put that on. That's not why this show is great. I have to explain this once in a while to Matt, by the way. The reason why it's great is all of the other stuff and people that care about Bernie and Carol and his two beautiful children and his cancer treatments and my family. 
So when I tell stories about Gabe or Ava, I get inundated with messages, inundated. People were so angry the other day that I missed a day at work because of Gabe's school. Well, they're at it again. So Gabe comes down the stairs last night. He goes to bed about 9 o'clock on weeknights. It's a bit early for school the next day in the bus because the bus is going to break down, of course. So uh, he comes downstairs. I can hear him stomping. I can tell right away that Gabe is upset. Even on a carpeted set of stairs, I can tell right away. And he walks in, barges into the bedroom. I'm almost asleep. Danielle's watching TV. I can't believe it. What's the matter? What can't you believe? What happened now, Gabe? They're making us put our masks back on. And I'm laying there. And you know how I feel. I didn't wear masks a year and a half ago. During the height of COVID, I didn't wear it. Not because I'm insensitive. Not because I wanted your grandmother to die. But because I knew it was nonsense. There was no science. None. I got a sister. She wears six masks. She thinks I'm a bad guy because I don't wear a mask. I know she does. She loves me. She thinks I'm a bad guy. I think she's a moron. Masks don't work. That's a scientific fact. Even Dr. Fauci has said that. The CDC has said that. Uh, The WHO has said that. They don't work. That's right, I said it. Mark Levin, he said it. So here's my kid, who's an asthmatic, by the way. He's got to take a pill every night so he can sleep because he's got respiratory issues. And you're going to put a mask on him for nine hours inside your stupid school because there's an uptick in COVID. And I'll say it at the risk of repetition. I said it to Dr. Mark Siegel a couple of days ago. I don't care how many cases they are. I don't care if if there's two million cases. I don't care. It doesn't mean anything. When people start going to the hospital, when people need ventilators, when people die, then you can make an argument. Even then, even then, it's a bad argument. But at least you got something. Right now, this latest strain, with this uptick in COVID, the symptoms are less severe than the common cold. Science. Science. And at its worst, COVID never killed kids. Never. 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 My wife goes, that's not true. No, it is true. I think like five kids died because they had comorbidities. No healthy kid. Not one died from COVID in two years. Not one. Uh, how am I doing? Great. Thanks, Bernie. And now you're going to put a mask on my son eight hours a day in asthmatic with 80-degree temperatures outside, windows open, kids sweating because your liberal faculty and your douchebag you know, headmasters or principals or whoever the hell they are believe that this is the right thing to do. We have science that proves it is not the right thing to do. So Eric Adams, who for the most part is a screw-up and a failure, but to his credit, this is where he's better than de Blasio. De Blasio, outside of the ferries, which I take every day and I love the ferry, outside of that did nothing right, nothing right, stole a billion dollars, did nothing right. Cops executed, didn't care, nothing right. Eric Adams... Every now and then, not often, every now and then does something right. And yesterday, he talked about the mask mandates, and he actually sounded rational and sane. Here's your mayor, Eric Adams. Why not? If you think people should be wearing masks indoors, why you are not? 
mandating it or requiring it? Because I don't think we need to do that at this time. Based on the information from my medical teams, uh, as these new variants come, we also have to build consumer confidence, I like to say. And we also, also need to know that we are using the tools that we have available that we did not have before. I remember at the beginning of COVID watching the level of ventilators and hospitalizations and deaths. Because of the great uh, discoveries and collaboration globally, we now have new tools. Let's use them and let's get our cities back up and operating. Do you wear, Luke, when you go to the beach, do you wear, like I have a bathing suit that's very loose, and it goes down to my knees. And there's, there's no pictures of, like, coconuts, you know. I don't like with this palm trees. No, it's just like a, it's a regular pair of blue kind of uh, baggy shorts. And uh, goes down to my knee. And I actually, when I lay down, for example, in tan, I pull this suit up to my groin. So the top part of my legs gets tan. But I don't wear, uh, A, I never wear a bathing suit with pictures on it like surfers do, and I'll never, ever, ever wear one of those uh, Speedos because they look uncomfortable, and quite frankly, my penis is not big enough. Uh, you, what do you wear when you go to the beach? Uh, I, unfortunately, I am guilty of the first one. I do like to wear the bathing suits like the turtles. I used to wear the American oh, flag all the time. I knew it. Um, God. But unfortunately, I think if I did wear a Speedo, I think oh. they'd have to bring me off the beach and uh, book me. So, <laughs> I, uh, but For, I knew, for everyone's I sake, it. I don't do that. You wear, I knew it. You wear those those colorful bathing suits with, with pictures on them, and you wear, I know what else you wear. I know it. Okay. You wear tube socks with those stupid sandals that are like the uh, the Quicksilvers or the whatever you call those. No, I wear I wear straight flip-flops. I wear my slides, and I, I refuse to bring socks. You know, the there's nothing less attractive than a man's foot. Why would you wear any type of shoe that shows your nasty, curly toenails? My feet are going to be in the sand. Who's looking at my feet? You know, I got a, uh, a piece of mail a couple days ago. Thank you for that. From a uh, listener. I, I swear to God, Luke saw this. He couldn't believe it either. This listener goes, I got like uh, 10 pieces of mail a couple of days ago. Eight pieces were like, Sid, you're the best host I've ever heard. You're the best host. You're the girl. One piece was, uh, if Bernie's not on the show, I don't listen. And then the last piece was, and Luke, you have to attest to this, quote, you, Sid Rosenberg, are a very bad Jew. You ready for this? Not because I eat veal parmesan on the third night of Passover. Not because I don't go to shul every Saturday. Not because I don't wrap tefillin every day. You are a very bad Jew, and Luke Lagrano, I'll let you tell the reason. It's so unbelievable. Why am I such a bad Jew? Sidney Ferris Rosenberg, you are a bad Jew because you watch porn. That's right. That's what the fan letter said. I am a bad Jew because I watch porn. And I had to bring that up because Rabbi Potashnik, who also watches porn, by the way, plenty of it, he's on uh, Sunday mornings. I want to bring him in here quickly. I only have about a minute. Come here, Rabbi, sit down. Um, Sit down. I know we're getting late here, but he, he this is a great show he does before John Katsimatidis every Sunday morning. i tell you what, hey, Rabbi, you want to come on at 840? We could talk about this really day parade and, and all these things. Could you hang out for a little while? You got nothing to do. Go wrap the fill in and come back at 840. We'll uh, talk to Potashnik at 840. 905, we've got um, Cindy Adams. And 925, we've got the Grand Marshal of the Israeli Day Parade. And we'll find out if, in fact, I'm a bad Jew because I watch porn. All on the Bernie and Sid show right after this. <laughs> On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. 
Sid, Elon Gate is officially here. That's what Elon Musk asked that we call any scandal that should arise about him. He he put out a tweet back in uh, May 20th saying he was expecting ever since he announced he was going to buy Twitter that some sort of scandal would come up. So he said, call it Elon Gate. Well, like clockwork, a woman who was a flight attendant on SpaceX's corporate jet claims Musk exposed himself to her during a massage. Now you're like, why are they having massages on jets? Uh, apparently that's like a... a a standard thing. Oh, yeah, so he yeah, gets massages yeah. while yeah, he's course. on his corporate jet. That's not a this big woman deal. claims that back in 2016, uh, Musk rubbed her leg and offered to buy her a horse in exchange for a happy ending to the massage. <laughs> Why would so you get a horse? I mean, that's an awful yeah. lot for just uh, one happy ending. And the horse, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Everybody wants to ride a pony, I guess. What do I know? <laughs> I, I, guess, I guess. And then, but what's crazy is just a few days ago, after declaring that he would vote Republican, Musk said he knows that the right wing, the media is going to attack him for being supposedly, you know, on the right. Yeah. And this report came out through Business Insider. Musk responded in a series of tweets. He's very Trump-esque like that. He doesn't back down or stay quiet from a controversy. And he called it a politically motivated hit piece. He also tweeted that this is their standard despicable playbook and that nothing will deter him from fighting for a good future and your right to free speech. He also called the flight attendant a liar and asked her to describe just one thing, anything at all about him physically, like a scar or a tattoo that isn't known by the public. He said she won't be able to do do any of that because it's utterly untrue. It didn't happen. She says she was paid uh, $250,000 back in 2018 to keep quiet about this. If something like that happened, this guy's worth hundreds of what? I mean, he's like a he's zillionaire. Billions. I don't he's even worth, know how no, rich he's he is. He's worth billions and billions of dollars. Yes. Two, two, 250000 is like uh, 20 bucks to like me, you know, somebody like me, right. I, you know, for, right. for him, 20 bucks. So come, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's scary how just like clockwork, if you are anything to do with the right, you know this all too well. All of a sudden, the left-wing media comes out and attacks you. Oh, yeah. That's what they do. By the way, Musk is worth, uh, thank you, Luke Legrano. That was Luke, not Mike Dodino. Luke Legrano, $218 million. Um, But you're right. I mean, and I've been dealing There's with no this. There's no way he's only $218 million. Has to No, $218 billion. I'm sorry. Did I okay. say million? You're right, $218 okay. billion. But okay. I've been dealing with this all week, too, with this Laos Errol Lewis, who is a nobody. He's, a, he's not uh, Elon Musk, but he is a TV host. He's on New York One on Spectrum. And he has been tweeting all week long about my prior issues, uh, including my my uh, addiction issues, some nonsense uh, lawsuit that was put against me years ago that, of course, I didn't lose. And he's been tweeting all this stuff and tagging, tagging AOC because he's upset that, like you said, I'm on the right. I exposed him, his stupid uh, interviews with cousins, his stupid interview with AOC. I've called him a racist. I've done all these things, and now he's uh, come after me on Twitter in uh, in very, very sleazy fashion, Lydia. And isn't it funny how as soon as uh, Musk announced that he was going to buy Twitter, all of a sudden the Biden administration comes out with this disinformation board. Now that the deal is on hold or something, I mean, Musk says it's on hold because he says Twitter can't prove that it's worth as much as it is because he thinks way more than 5% of the accounts are fake, which I agree with 100%. Maybe more than now that. that, that yeah. 
deal yeah. is on hold. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, the disinformation board is also on pause. They right. even say it's been disbanded. Right. But it's like, why is it disinformation if it just comes from the right? And we're, we're not saying to shut down the left. We're not saying to shut down the mainstream media. We're actually advocating for more speech. What are they so afraid of? What are they so uh, listen, afraid of? Yeah, to be exposed. It's a good, exactly. And I had Donald Trump Jr. on this show yesterday after you. And he's got a new site. It's called MXM News, Donald Trump Jr. And he is, um, you know, he's encouraging people to go there instead of Google and these other uh, engines. And then his father, of course, uh, President 45, he has something called Truth Social. And the consensus is, is that Trump will not go back on Twitter because, A, it didn't go well for him. And, B, he's got his own website so there are, and there's also Rumble, don't forget. So there are some social media sites that do cater towards Republicans, but I doubt even if they didn't, Lydia, and some Democrat infiltrated it, I doubt that 45 or his son would uh, would cancel those people. I doubt it. I, I, of course. And you knew Musk, you knew he drew a big, big, big target on his back when he said this about President Biden and the teleprompter. Remember this soundbite? Take a listen to this. The real president is whoever controls the teleprompter. You know, <laughs> it's like it's like the, the, the path to power is the path to the teleprompter, you know, like what because what, that then he just reads the teleprompter. So, you know, I, I do feel like, like if, if somebody would accidentally lead on the, lean on the teleprompter, it's going to be like Anchorman. It's going to be like QQQ, ASDF, one, two, three, you know, type of thing. Um. I, I agree with him. You know, it's funny. The reason I everyone, you know, I talk about AOC a lot. The reason I talk about AOC a lot is because she's emblematic of what's wrong with the left. She is the epitome of hypocrisy, the epitome of the whackness that's going on, the woke culture. Uh, yeah, t- today's not the on. day to pick on her. She just got engaged. You should be oh, happy I, for her. I know. To her, her <laughs> he's, what, I know, right? They're going to yeah. ride off into the sunset <laughs> in their electric vehicle. Stay woke! But the, yeah, exactly, Maxine Waters. But then, you know, Musk, he is the epitome of the common sense American, like a common sense person that is just like, listen, I'm a moderate. I'm not super right wing. This is most Americans. I'm not super right wing. No offense to Marjorie Taylor Greene, but seriously, she's a little out there. No, we're, you know, not super right wing. I'm not AOC left, Bernie Sanders, Elon Omar. Uh, I, I'm just somebody in the middle. Well, well listen, I'm somebody he, he, in the middle he, he, who's he, like, and, this, he, is, he, look, this look, world is crazy. Right. And this is where I agree with you a thousand percent. I don't like people too far right either. I hate the people on the far left. I don't like the people on the far right. And I am also more like you. In fact, and me and Bernie have had our fights over the years because while he's pro-choice, he is, you know, he's hesitant to say it. I'm not. I'm pro-choice, bottom line. I don't believe in third trimester abortions, but I'm pro-choice. So we put our back and forth because I like the folks that are liberal socially, socially and more conservative when it comes to war and money and foreign policy that's me and i think most americans are like me and you and the folks that are too far to the left and too far to the right no good i agree i think that's where most americans are and elon musk what's great about him is he doesn't care about being canceled they can't cancel a guy who's worth hundreds of billions of dollars he has he has fu money that's what's so great about him he doesn't care that most people feel the way you and I do and they want to call out the left the hypocrisy but they're too afraid because they could lose their job well fortunately well, for well, me and you this is our job well, but, <laughs> to call them but, out. but here's what's great for you and I 
because if we were still working for Cumulus, for example, and I spent a lot of years working for CBS, now Intercom, right, uh, there would be some limitations and there'd be yes. more fear. Here, John Katsimatidis, a lot like Elon Musk, worth billions yes. of dollars, self-made success, doesn't have to answer to anybody, doesn't want to get sued, I understand that, but at the end of the day, John Katsimatidis, doesn't have people to answer to. He is the man. He's done this all by himself. God bless him. So we are safer in this environment than we would working for, let's say, a big company like Entercom. So thank God. Forget about Elon Musk. Thank God for John Katsimatidis because he ain't going to fire Sid Rosenberg or Lydia Serrani for telling the truth no matter how many people we piss off. That's, that's exactly what he says. As long as you have the facts to back up what you say, if you have the bullets in your gun to fire, if you say something and you've got the bullets, you, that's what he says, and you could fire them off like, well, I said X, Y, and Z, but here are the bullets, here's the facts to back up what I'm saying, here's the truth, then you have nothing to worry about. Whereas other companies, like you said, Cumulus, Intercom, iHeart, God only knows, they would say, oh, no, we don't want to lose this advertiser. Right. We don't want this. Right. We don't want this. You know, John's like, I don't care. I don't care. You know what? Just get the truth out there. It sounds yes. corny. We're, I say this every day, but it, it's the truth, justice, and the American way. It's like that good old-fashioned motto. We're trying to change the world. We're trying to right, right wrongs. And that's why I appreciate people like Elon Musk and, and John Katzmatidis. I told John, I said, you, Elon Musk, like, reminds me of you because he just doesn't care. He just doesn't care. And he's like, this is what it is. I'm not a Republican, really, because John isn't. He's like, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a conservative. He doesn't like a label. He's like, I'm an American. He never says, God bless the Republicans. He says, God bless America. And that's what we're all about. Stop with this red and blue. It's about red, white, and blue. So tune in tonight, 5 o'clock, John Katzmatidis, Katz and Night, where we talk about this and so much more. Today is Friday, TGIF. Uh, I don't know who we'll have on, but I can guarantee you he's going to be a top newsmaker. And you'll feel a lot smarter after that hour goes by. So 5 o'clock, Katz and Night. You did a uh, great job on this show this week. Really, really great. Thank you so Thank much. You. Uh, I'll be listening at 5 o'clock, and have a great weekend. Thanks. You too. All right. There she is, Lydia Serrani. Follow her. On Instagram, at Lydia News 1, and on Twitter, there you go, Elon, at Lydia News. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Now I Vinny Madunia was talking about Dirty Dancing. This was the title song from that great movie again, Patrick Swayze. Jerry Orbach, Jennifer Gray, what a great movie. All upstate where my mom still lives, six miles out of Monticello, where I spent every summer and still go. Uh, a lot of day camps, Winston Day Camp by Sackett Lake, a lot of nights sleeping in the woods. You know, I got the third base for the first time, upstate New York. The other rabbi's sitting here, I got to be careful. Anyway, <laughs> Sunday mornings, John Katzenmatidis does a tremendous show. It's a big deal. And uh, it's called the Catch Roundtable. And it is the premier weekend show anywhere, but but he's got a great lead-in. 
and that is 7 a.m. every Sunday mornings, the Rev and the Rabbi, A.R. Bernard, and the great Joe Potashnik. And that is a super show, super show. And with me in studio right now, just a few days before the Israeli Day Parade, is the aforementioned Rabbi Joe. Good morning, Rabbi. How are you? Morning, Rabbi. So it's uh, Sid, the Rabbi. Gary Cohen, we Jews control the media. Yes, it's true. That's true. You're right. <laughs> and I purposely kept the Irishman Bernard out of this segment. <laughs> uh, by the way, let's wish a mazel tov to Peter King and his wife. They're on the way to a graduation in Maryland, family graduation. And he is, to me, he's an honorary Jew I for agree. all that he's done for I the agree. Jewish people. Uh, outstanding. And we are very, very grateful to him. Well, I agree with you. And Danielle and I love Peter and his wife, Ro, right. and uh, the whole family. Is it one of his grandchildren? Yes. Yep. Okay. Because yep. I know they also they live in North Carolina, a lot of his family, too. So That side he doesn't tell me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a few reasons why I invited you in this morning. The first one, you were here, so I figured you're bored, so let's bring you in. But on a serious note, I, I got a, a piece of fan mail a couple of days ago. I got ten pieces of mail. And again, eight said... Sid, you're the best host I've ever heard. I swear to God. One said, when Bernie's not there, I won't listen. And one said, you're a very bad Jew mm. because you watch porn. Mm-hmm. And um, I have to tell you, I didn't watch porn that day. No, I have since. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I felt really badly about that. Is, I mean, is that true? Does it well, firstly, you don't have to confess to me. We don't have that kind of confession. You confess to God. <laughs> I that's, know, but, that's... but let me say something. That's why Jews are so guilty, right? Because... <laughs> When when a, when a Christian person screws up, they go to confession. Could be every day. Father, I've sinned. He gives them like forty Hail Marys, uh-huh. and they're good to go. I gotta wait three hundred days for Yom Kippur. No, you don't. You can do it every day. You can say to God, "Forgive me for what I've done." But uh, you know what bothers me? There are people who will judge others, but not judge themselves. I know Sid Rosenberg as a public person. I don't know your private life, and frankly, I'm not concerned about your private life. <laughs> but as a public person. Yeah. You are a great husband, a great father, a proud Jew. That's what I know. And as far as everything else, you're accountable to God. Let God make that decision in, you know, when you arrive at the gates of the next world. And hopefully you have an easy pass to get there. Thank you. Um, but I, I'm just tired of people who are always looking at someone else mm. and someone else's alleged deficiencies and not looking at their own. But is there any truth to it? I mean, is God upset with me? Is it? Uh... I think all of us have pluses and minuses. Some have more pluses than minuses or vice versa. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a decision ultimately made by the Almighty. But we all have failings. We all don't do all that we should do. Right. Uh, you know, holiness means to stand a little bit higher, a little bit taller. We all strive to be a little bit better. That doesn't mean we're perfect. Uh by the way, there are no perfect people because perfect means finished, and right. none of us is finished. We always have more to do. Well, Christian people contend that Jesus Christ is perfect. Well, but they see Jesus Christ as as as, as God. Right. We, we don't. We see him as a great teacher, right. great leader, right. uh, but human beings and to Jew, us are way, imperfect. He was actually, Jesus was Jewish. Yeah, so was, so was, was Mary. Was yeah. Bar Mitzvah in so was uh, Long Island, I believe. Yeah. So. <laughs> 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 you know, there's also this misconception, which you can clear up right now. Um, at least from people like me, I'm relative. I'm somewhere between reformed and conservative. Mm-hmm. I was bar mitzvahed in a reformed temple. I told you this story. My rabbi Fred Dworkin on every oh, bar I, I in knew, Brooklyn. I knew him. You knew, I knew him. Yeah. He got busted for having uh, you know blackjack tables uh, on on Shabbos downstairs with his uh, kiddish. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God. Yeah. So, but so somewhere between reformed and conservative. My dad was was more uh, religious, but um, the feeling always was that the real religious Jewish people didn't consider me Jewish because 
are more reformed and don't do all the things they do on a daily basis. Now, I've had people like Hashi say, that's not true. You're every bit as a Jew as the rest of us. But there is a feeling from people like us that these other sects inside our own religion don't appreciate us. You know, we, we met the other day, a number of some New York border rabbis met with representatives of the Knesset, members of the Israeli Knesset. And we had a discussion similar to that. We said, look, we represent the entire spectrum of Jewish life. We're all committed Jews. You know, and, you know, how we choose to practice our Judaism is our decision, something we're comfortable with. And again, I'm tired of others who evaluate whether someone is more religious or less religious. What are the criteria for being more religious? I see people who keep the ritual, but when it comes to the moral part of their lives, they don't fulfill that. So where does one draw the line? I, I think we all ought to look to say, what can we do that's better? And leave it at that and not worry about what somebody else has to say. You know, when the Jews traveled in the wilderness to the promised land, you know, they kept asking, what happens if everybody else finds out we didn't get there? They were more worried about everybody oh, else yeah. than their own journey. Well, I thought they would have kept asking, what are you doing for dinner tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Where's dinner? Um, let's talk about this country and where we are. We just witnessed this horrible shooting. Horrible. And there's no question this kid is a white supremacist. There's no question. Uh, what can be argued all day, and I'll argue until I'm blue in the face, is whether or not white supremacy is an issue. It's not. It's not. Um, and yet, uh, we don't talk about anti-Semitism. We do, but these guys don't. And to me, it seems like it's on the rise in meteoric fashion. A, does that frustrate you? And B, why is that the case? Why is anti-Semitism at an all-time high? You know, we have lived with anti-Semitism all our lives. It began with Pharaoh. When Pharaoh said, they're going to outnumber us, you know, they're going to replace us. That's what Pharaoh said about the Jews when they were slaves in Egypt, which wasn't so. So replacement theory, you know, is predicated in the Bible. Look, unfortunately, we've always been seen as the other. The right sees us on the left. The left sees us on the right. Uh, we've lived with that. It, it's, it's, it's tragic. It's tragic. But one thing I know is that when anti-Semitism happens here in New York, the Cardinal, uh, A.R. Bernard, leaders from all the different denominations of all the different faiths will stand up, we are with you. When Charlottesville happened, a group of Christians stood around the synagogue and said to those hate mongers, you want them? you got to go through us. So uh, I think the decency outweighs the indecency, but the decent have to stand strong together. The great Rabbi Joe Potashnik. What a great show. Sunday mornings at 7 o'clock before Cat's Roundtable, the Rev and the Rabbi. But are you mad that the Rev gets his name first? Because people ask me, well, how come it's not Sid and Bernie? I go, because well, he was here I, first, but, and he's great. So but I tell him, look, in Hebrew, we read from right to left. So it's, <laughs> a, so it's really the, the Rabbi and the Rev. That is a great answer. Uh, you talk about uh, people joining together. The Reverend obviously feels badly when there's a crime committed against us, and you felt badly right. when there's a crime. Um, but, but tell me this. Why are the overwhelming majority of attacks on Jewish people in our town committed by black people? That's a, that's you a, know, that's a we had we, we had a discussion with a number of black leaders about the very issue. Uh, it, it requires, first of all, black leadership to stand up and to say, this is unacceptable. Who's black leadership? Not Al Sharpton, please. No, you have, look, you have guys like uh, Bishop Victor Brown on Staten Island, who's a major leader. You have A.R. Bernard. Um, you have Reverend Jacques de Graff. There are people out there who enjoy the respect of the community. Uh, I was just with Carlton Brown at, at Bethel Church uh, in uh, in Harlem for, for the uh, service in, in memory of those who died in Buffalo. We need leadership to stand up. It's very easy to look at the 
the faults of another community, when it happens within your own, no matter which community, it requires courage and commitment. Uh, we need people to stand up and say that. Sunday is the Israeli Independence yeah. Day parade. I was uh, honored three years ago. I think they shared it that day. I was a grand marshal and one of the old stars of the Real Housewives of New Jersey, Siggy Flicker. She was also a grand marshal that day. And um, it was three years ago. It's a beautiful day. Now, this Sunday, is this may be the first one since I was there because of COVID. Is this the first one in two yeah, years? Yeah, since COVID, this is the first one. That's why come celebrate together is wow. the theme. So I was actually the last grand marshal that actually stepped on Fifth Avenue during this parade. Why and, does this and parade... after you, it stopped. Yeah, yeah, right, that's right. It's because of me. That's right. Yeah. Uh, why, is it, why does it mean so much to our community? Because it's an opportunity for us to come together collectively as one people for one state of Israel to say, uh, we stand with you. You know, years ago, I remember seeing a, a typographical era, Israel, I-S-R-E-A-L. But the point is that Israel was is real. Mm. And thankfully, we live, I'm a child of Holocaust survivors. Thankfully, you know, my family came to this country and were privileged to see a state of Israel. You know, I was talking to a refugee from Ukraine in, when I was in Poland recently, and he said, have, being a Jew now, I know I have a place to accept me. Years ago, when you were a Jew, you were, you know, right? You yeah. were discarded. Yeah. Yeah. You were denied entry by right. some, including America. Right. Now, being a Jew, there's a home for you. You are a great Jew. You're a great person. You just got a huge heart. Uh, I've loved the friendship we put together the last couple of years. I love seeing you. Your well, show on Sundays is great, but what you do on a daily basis is even better. I appreciate what you do because you have the courage to say uh, what others want to say but mm-hmm. don't say. Thank you. Uh, and just keep standing up. Uh, you're a proud Jew. And by the way, you don't just stand for the Jewish people. Whenever you see attacks on others, you're there as well. So to you, uh, to Bernie, to John Katsimatidis, who make this all possible, thank you so much. You're welcome. What a great man, folks. Great man. Rabbi Joe Potashnik. Check him out every Sunday morning at 7. A.R. Bernard, the Rev and the Rabbi. And what you see is what you get. He is a real Get to the shimmer, what they say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a little Yiddish for you there, Rabbi. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Cindy Adams is going to join us. And talking about this Israeli Day Parade, Harley Lippman is the Grand Marshal this year, the first since me. He'll be live in studio coming up at 925, plus more on Jews that watch porn, only right here on Bernie and Sid. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? I did mention Shelly Long and Cheers earlier. You can leave this song playing. It puts everybody in a good mood. It's Friday. Check out Cliff Clavin and Big Norm, John Ratzenberger and George Fett. Have a drink at the bar with me and Lou. Here it is, folks. Cheers. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. I actually, when I went to Boston, so Danielle can run the marathon. Have I told you, by the way, how hot my wife is? God damn. 36 marathons, gorgeous, built like a brick S house. So we went to Boston so she could run the marathon. And I went to this bar. The bar does exist. Cheers. It's in, um, is it Faneuil Hall, I think? I think it is. 
and they have all those beautiful shops, and they have cardboard cutout figures of all the stars, Ted Danson, George Wendt, John Ratzenberger, Woody Harrelson, all of them. And I stood there and took pictures, and I loved it. So if you go to Boston, check it out. Lou Ruffino, quickly before we get to the 9 o'clock hour, he's one of these people, and uh, there's a lot of them. And no one loves Lou more than me. I, I told this girl up on yesterday, the show is the best now because of Lou. Not because of me or Bernie, because of Lou. So he knows how much I respect and love him. But he's the type of guy that will say, I want to do something, and he, he doesn't want to do it. And he'll never do it. But he says it just, why do you do that? Why do you say you want to like go for dinner with me and Danielle when clearly you make plans to do something else every weekend? I uh, do not make the plans. MJ said you make the plans. I do not make the plans. Who makes the plans? The plans. My friends make the plans. Your and friends. That's, that's it. How do your that's friends it. make plans for you? I don't understand. No, what are you, what are you having eight? a thing? Yeah, we're having a thing. We're going Saturday. You come. And that's no, it. I'm not then going you, to Catatona, New York. Then My you God. Say, then you say, let's go to the restaurant. And I, and I can't. That's but it. that's every week. Now, this is it. After tomorrow, <laughs> you know, I'm, you're free. I'm free. Tommy Mango wants to know if you're ready for Lou. Tommy Mango loves you. That's right. He wants to go for dinner. He wants to go to, um, what's it called? What's it called? Kennedy's. Over there in Rockwell, well, you yeah, love you it. Said there. we were going, and then you went, and you never called me. I was already going with Tommy Mango. Listen, I don't like to mix friends because people get very upset. Like, I don't know if you're going to like Tommy. I don't know why well, you wouldn't. He's a great guy. Tommy may not like you, so I don't really. I'm not into the whole mixed friends thing. I don't thing. like that either. No. Yeah, keep me out. Right. Yeah, I don't like that. So it should be me, Danielle, you, and MJ. But you, you always say you want to do it, and then you've got more excuses. Okay, fine. And Carter has liver pills. Okay, fine. Memorial yeah. Day weekend, I'm free. No, I'm not free that weekend. There you go. That's it. It's on you. What's next, July? You want to pick another holiday where I'm not going to be free? Looking, I'm looking at the calendar. Hey, uh, you know what? I am free Memorial Day weekend. How about Saturday? Perfect. All right. Just have MJ text Danielle All right. and bring something. Don't come empty-handed. It's very good. You can feel the excitement just oozing off a loop no. right now. Bring a piece of vitamin cake or something. Don't Believe show me. I'm never empty-handed. That's right. for certain. Okay. See and we don't drink that? wine. Don't bring wine. God, stop bringing wine to my house. I'm an alcoholic. Hod. <laughs> How about duels? Fine. <laughs> 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 Cindy Adams, Harley Lippman, and a heck of a lot more. The fourth and final hour and the final hour of the week of Bernie and Sid about to come your way. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, I can see Cindy Adams throwing her bra at Tom Jones. <laughs> I got to tell you, I was in uh, Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago filming the movie Gemini Lounge. You guys know that I missed a whole week of work here. But it was a surreal and wonderful experience and working on the set with real actors. And it's going to be a big-time movie coming out maybe November of, of this year. And while I was in Los Angeles, my friend Corey Zelnick sent me a text. And on the text was the Cindy Adams column that morning back here in New York in the New York Post. And it was a story about me. It said, Mornings with Sid. And, of course, she mentioned Bernard in the show. But it was basically a story about me. And of all the things I've done in my career, all of them, movies, TV shows, number one radio shows, interviewing presidents, celebrities, all these things, for some reason, being in Cindy Adams' column felt like I finally made it. I really mean that. She's not going to believe it. Do you believe that, Cindy? You think I'm buttering you up? No, 
I, I, I actually believe it because why not? The fact that I come down this low to be on with you, why the hell not? You know what I mean? <laughs> I love being on with you. I mean, you're great. I always talk about you. Even last night at a party, someone admired my, my red silk dress and asked where I got it. I told them right away it's a Sid Rosenberg. <laughs> I mean, I always talk about you. <laughs> you are brilliant. I, 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 you know, I was honored to be a guest on your radio show, too, a couple of months ago. And they replayed it a couple of times, and I came back and listened, and you clearly did your homework because the truth is, six months ago, you couldn't pick me out of a lineup, and you seemed to know everything. Not that you're interested. You just did your homework. So I knew you. about you. Of course, everybody knows about you. And because of you... I have a problem with the station. John Katzmatidis, the owner, will not give me a raise because he says, you make so much money. <laughs> is it true that your social security number is unlisted? That's what I want to know. I want to know that because you're doing so well. You're, you're making a, a big joke about me, but the point is you really are terrific. You're the number one on the station, oh, and I, I, I actually hate it. I, I, hate <laughs> I know, I know I you that. do. I know it pains you to say that, but, but I will say this. There was a big ratings party last week, and um, it was at Jack's Place, Empire Steakhouse, and all these dignitaries showed up, Bill O'Reilly and John Katzmatidis and uh, Chad Lopez, and I was told I was not there. I was told that you stole the whole show, that you were the best and the funniest. And I said, I wasn't there, but I believe that. Is that true? What's true is I left before I was even introduced. So I don't know where the hell your information is. All I know is, all I know is... Sunday, 1 o'clock on this station, I am talking about comedy, not yours, but everybody is so sensitive, you cannot make jokes anymore. I don't know how you get away with it, Sid, because I'm talking on the air Sunday with comedian Judy Gold and Caroline Hirsch, who owns Caroline's Comedy Club, but the point is... There is no humor. We're not allowed to do it anymore. I don't know how you get away with it. Possibly nobody listens to you. But, there's <laughs> only, but other than that, why is that? What is happening to Well, uh, really, it's the exact opposite. We're number one in the city uh, with a rating of a 6.0. And the reason why I get away with it is just that. Because at the end of the day, Cindy... I co-host the number one rated show. I am responsible for about 80% of the advertising on my own radio show. So who cares what I say? <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I don't know that. I understand that. I understand that. But I think everybody today is very sensitive. You can't talk about anybody being fat or white or green or a Hungarian with one leg is going to want to have his, <laughs> his, his movies. What is happening? I don't know how you get away with the wreck. That you do. That's what. Well, listen, I just don't care. The truth is I don't care because I do call people fat. I call out people if they're not funny. I call out people if they say stupid things. And uh, I've always been that way since a little boy in Brooklyn. That's never going to change. That's me. If you don't want that, then hire somebody else. But uh, when I listen to your show on Sunday, Cindy, it doesn't sound like my love. And I say that uh, with all sincerity. It doesn't sound like my love. You're scared at all. You seem to be fearless. I'm not scared because I've been around so long, for God's sake. I knew Abraham Lincoln personally. (laughs) So I'm not scared. I'm like you. I'm not scared. I know where I am. I know what I'm doing. But I do feel that there's 
a lot of unhappiness around me, and it's difficult to pierce through. You don't seem to find that because of the whatever the hell it is you do up here. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you have you have to be careful. Thanks for letting me go on. Thanks for letting me come on. I don't know why you don't have me on all the time every day. I want to. I, I sw- Cindy, I'm not kidding you. I go to them. I go, give me more Cindy Adams, and she's like, well, they're like she's busy, and uh, Chad Lopez is taking a shower in her back bedroom right now, and, and you know, she, uh, what's his name is coming over, uh, Keeper Sutherland. I don't know. You seem to be involved with a lot of people, Cindy. You're not quiet. No, I'm, I'm not quiet because I have to write the column, and that's why. But if you were to buy me dinner twice a week and give me another $30, you could have me as a personal <laughs> thing. It's very easy to get me. That's all okay, I Okay, well, do. let me ask you this. If I, if I was to say to you, Cindy, sweetheart, yeah. Uh, tomorrow night, I'm picking you up at your palatial penthouse, yeah. which is worth like $5 million. God bless yeah. you. Five? Uh, five? That's my maintenance. What kind of five? Go ahead. Yeah, what right, was well, it? Your $10 million dollar penthouse. I'll be there at 7 o'clock. We are going yeah. to Cindy Adams' favorite restaurant. What yeah. restaurant would that be? Well, at the moment, because of COVID, I don't go to a great many places. One of them is that I go to is Milos, M-I-L-O-S. It's the fish restaurant on 55th between 6th and 7th. Because I can't go to too many places, I don't feel that secure. Okay. That's why I don't mind talking to you because there's nobody else around you. <laughs> that's, the only, that's, that's the only reason. Who the hell wants to get close to you? I'm doing this because I'm stuck. I'm on the same state station. Otherwise... When I talk to I talk to my dog first. Well, here's the deal. Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, yeah. I'm picking you up. We're going to Milo's. Wear something sexy. Will you do that for me? Which Tuesday? This Tuesday. I can't do it next Tuesday, but how about the Tuesday after? How about the 30th? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Tuesday is what? Do you have a calendar? Because you, ha- yeah, you have- I think Tuesday's the 31st, I think. The next Tuesday. Well, what happened to the 24th? Where, where, That's tomorrow. What calendar are you looking at? I don't know. I, 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 the 24th is this Tuesday. You said you can't do it this Tuesday. You're busy. I'll force myself. Oh, so you want to do it this Tuesday? You want to do it this Tuesday? Yes, I'll text are you. Are you on- buying? I want to make sure. Are you buying? Absolutely not. Because I'm a widow. I'm a widow <laughs> and an orphan. I can't do that. <laughs> We'll discuss that at dinner, okay, but right. I will confirm on Monday. I love you. I love you. I love, I love you, you more. Thank okay, you. Baby. All right. Bye. We'll Bye. see you then. Take care. There she is, folks. God, I love her. I really do. She is the most adorable person ever. Sunday afternoons at 1 o'clock, she is the great Cindy Adams. Frankie Kravitz checks in. Cindy is an Epping Riot. Uh, this is Lori out of New Jersey. This is the best Epping segment ever. Thank you. Uh, it wasn't me. It was Cindy. You listen to Cindy Adams' show on Sundays, Luke? I, I try to. You know, you're, having, you're such a liar. You just, you just stop. stop. He was trying to think of something I mean, quick, yeah. you're, Are you going to move away from the heat and Celtics? Which, and Cindy is so much more entertaining. I must tell you, so much more entertaining. Well, she makes fun of you, so of course she is. Yeah. Here's your girlfriend, by the way, from Northwestern. The, uh, the uh, intern, Ella, is here. When does Ella stop being, or just sit in the studio with you guys? What, what does she do next? What is the, uh, I don't know how the whole job works. I, I think they're just Ella, hop her, on the mic for a second. Her put, put her on the mic. Uh, yeah. Ella is going to Northwestern. We're very proud of her. Hi, Ella. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Are you, love, uh, are you loving this experience? Yeah, it's really fun. It's fun, right? Yeah, having a good You're time. watching the greatest radio show host in the history, <laughs> next to Stern in the history of the business. You realize that, right? 
Yeah, I do. Okay, good. What uh, what, what happens next here at this job for you? Um, I think after today, I do move to a different like area. I, I know I'm going to go to social media at some point. I don't know what else. Oh, you're going to that. social media? Yes. Oh, let me tell you. Uh, is that Gina's department? Yes. Gina is a genius. And Stephanie Bongiorno, these are really, really great people. So you're going to be in great hands, Ella. I'm excited. Good. So, and But you, you, do, you still don't want to do on-air stuff when it's all said and done. Uh, yeah, I do. But there, yeah. <laughs> what would you talk about if you had your own show on WABC? What would, be, what would you talk about? Oh, I'm a big movie person. I want to talk about movies, but like, that's your, not, your, I don't think this is the audience for that. <laughs> what's your favorite movie of all time? Wayne's World. <laughs> Wayne's World? Yeah. This, folks, is... We're in trouble. Right. She's, and by the way, she's going to Northwestern. She's going, to one of the, she's going to one of the better schools. It's not going to Kingsborough, no disrespect. The future's um, trouble, man. Wayne's, Wayne's World. World. Wow. No. How old are you? You're 20... What? I, I am 18. Oh, 18. And I don't even think Wayne's World was part of this generation. It was. It's older than 18. Right. Yeah, it's older. It's How did you get into Wayne's World? It was, um, like, my parents, my, my dad specifically is, like, favorite movie. Is and that right? And he showed right? it to us, and I was just, I'm, I'm obsessed with it. Does your it, dad, it holds a very, like, sentimental. Does like, your dad smoke weed and stuff like that? And no, he doesn't. <laughs> what, what, is, what does your father do for a living? Uh, he is in finance. Oh, okay. And does he listen to this show every day? No. Uh, he listens to Boomer and Geo. He's a sports fan. He he like, doesn't listen to much radio. No much radio. But even now when his daughter is... Oh, he doesn't know you're on the air, though. No, he doesn't. Right, okay. Those finance guys smoke. Though. Yeah, you know, they, they all smoke. Every one of them. Uh, they're the they, worst. They, you they, kidding me? They're smoking. Oh, God. You know you don't know it. Cocaine, smoking, strip club. Like, hey, uh, <laughs> they're out of there. Oh, yeah, I'm working on finance. I'll see you, I'll see you not those, tonight. Not those Wall Street guys. Right. Not those guys. Yeah, that's fine. Hey, uh, if he's listening right now, Ellie, you have a message for your father? Um, Hi. Is he, pay, is, is, is he paying for your college, or are you getting student loans? He is paying for my college. Oh, you are so lucky. I have no idea. What a great uh, father. He's, say hi to Jordan Belfort for us. <laughs> Jordan Belfort. All right, quickly, before I let you go, if Wayne's World is your favorite movie, and certainly it's one of the all-time greats, what is, uh, what is your second favorite? Give me, give me, like, the top five. You're a movie buff. Well, give me the top five. Okay. Yeah. Um... The Godfather's number two. Okay, oh, there you go. Now better. you picked a classic. <laughs> by um, the way, by the way, I'm the only putz in the world that thinks The Godfather is overrated. I was I was bored for some of it, but it's a great movie. Really? And, uh, yes, yes. I, I actually believe that Goodfellas is, Goodfellas is, a, is, great is a better too. movie. I really like that movie. Yeah. Uh, what's number three? Um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Mike Thanks. Garcia will love you for that. What's number four? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> this is quite a list. Somewhere uh, Robert, uh, Ebert is turning over in his grave, uh, and Rex Reed wants to kill himself. What's number four? Howl's Moving Castle. What is that? What? It, it's a, it's is that about the gay wizard Dumbledore? No, it's not. No. That's okay. Harry Potter. Oh. <laughs> I do like Harry Potter, but I like the books. Okay, and what's number... This is some list. What's number five? Oh, it's hard. I do like a lot of movies, and I forget what I've seen. Let me open Letterbox. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, well, there it is, folks. That that is. What's your last name? Barnes. Ella Barnes, and that is her uh, her top four movie list. And I have to tell you, I can't even repeat it. I, I, I outside of The Godfather and Wayne's World, what were the other two, Lou? What's the matter with you? <laughs> I'm. I just am shaking. What my is head. your top three? Know. Well, Lewis, what, what is your top three to five? Give me your five favorite. Movies. And no, I no, no particular. Probably order. put Godfather or Godfather two there. Right. I would probably... See, I like Godfather two better. Yeah, I with know. De Niro. a lot of people do. Yeah. 
I would probably put. I know number uh, five now. What is it? Um, the Ellen. Life Aquatic with Steve. But wait, this is yeah. the worst. The li- uh, this this is far the worst list I've ever heard of my. Uh, no, I, mean, I wait for it's the future. Uh, What's number two there, Lou? Mo mine. Yeah, I would put. I, I don't know. I like things like. Uh, if you really want to be, we, it's a wonderful life. I think that's, that's a great movie. That's, that's one of Bernie's favorite yes. movies. Bernie loves that movie. I think it, you could. I, I never get tired of watching right. it. Bernie likes all brilliant. the old stuff. Bernie likes if you give me Burt Lancaster, Jimmy Cagney, Clark oh, yeah. Gable, Gary Cooper. Bernie loves that. Angels with dirty faces. Right. He loves right. That. He loves that. You know. Right. Yeah. Ella's like, what? What the heck language? Yeah, are you I know. Talking about. I mean, you know, look, I, I got to go back to Jaws. I got to go back to Saturday night. All the Travolta movies when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Saturday Night Fever, Grease, Urban Cowboy. I love them all. Uh, Close Encounters, E.T. These are all great, great movies. Uh, Mr. Leonard. Mom with Michael Keaton. That's a classic Leonard right there. Part six. Oh, come on. <laughs> and what about, uh, what about uh, The Great Adventure? Bill and Ted. What about those guys? Those guys oh, there? I love Bill and Ted. You do love Bill That's and Ted. That's another, oh, yeah. Good guess. <laughs> Similar vein to world. We'll close it out with this. What is your favorite? We'll start with Lou. What is your and you only get one choice? What is your favorite Adam Sandler movie? Adam Sandler. Do I have to pick one? Yes. Jeez, I'll pick one. That's I'll pick the uh, I'll pick a a a serious one. There was one with uh, Drew Barrymore. No, don't pick that. That's mine. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yes. Was it Fifty First Dates? I can't believe you took Fifty First. No one ever picks that. That's my favorite movie. No one ever picks that. That's my favorite. I play the Beach Boys all the time. You oh, get 10 seconds, Tom. Pick the Happy Gilmore. Yeah, fine. What, what okay, is yours, Ellie? Your favorite Gilmore. Adam Sandler movie? Mine is Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore, right, because that's stupid. And uh, what about you, Frankie Diaz? Do you have a favorite Adam Sandler movie? You owe me a sausage McMuffin. That's uh, Big Daddy. Oh, that's a cute movie. I love that movie. The Little Kid, that's a great movie. In fact, I like uh, Steve Buscemi as a homeless guy in that movie. Yeah. Uh, my two favorites are Big Daddy and Fifty First Dates with Drew Barrymore. That is such a cute movie. Why did you pick him? Why did I have all the people? Yeah. Because he's kind of like, what, what is, why him? He's still making $25 million a movie in, in Ella's generation. And it doesn't matter whether he puts Kevin James or Chris Rock or uh, who's the guy that used to work with uh, Chris Farley. Um, the short guy, he's not funny. David Spade. Yes, yeah, David Spade. Spade. Doesn't matter who he puts next to him. The guy, the guy makes $25 million a movie, and it's always good. I think he's one of the greatest comedic actors, uh, maybe the greatest ever. Well, he's not Richard no. Pryor. Well, okay, you really... You don't think he's one of the great comedic actors ever? No, not at all. <laughs> Who's your greatest comedic actor ever? I don't know. You could pick any of the guys from, uh, from uh, the... Uh, Monty Python. The spinal, the spinal Tap movie. I knew you were going to say that. Yes. God, I knew it. And spinal Monty- Tattoo's coming. Yeah, I know. I know. The, that guy, Christopher Guest is a genius. That's a genius. Adam Sandler compared to him? Adam Sandler's a genius. Okay, what? you need... He gets billions of people to show up at his movies, and they're all no, silly. Every one of them's a genius. You probably like the Longest Yard remake instead of the first one. That was one. terrible. So, that was yeah, terrible. That was awful. I give you okay. that. All that right. was terrible. But how about the movie when they're all grown, the grown-ups? Uh, him, Kevin James, Chris Rock, all those guys. I just I weep for you. You're, you're making fun of her list? <laughs> No, no. I'm giving you the greatest Adam Sandler movies. I'm not putting Adam Sandler movies in the top 50. Really? That's like Except listening. For 50. That's like you're like preaching about how good Adam Sandler is. Like, yeah, that's yeah, like I love Adam him. Sandler might be your like, that's, favorite actor. That's, well, like, that's like listing the greatest plagues that the earth has ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me, I Adam met Sandler. Adam Sandler many times at the Boca Resort down in Florida. His mother lives in Delray Beach, and he was so nice to me and Danielle oh, and my now kids. Oh, we got there, you. There, there. There. <laughs> that's why. 
Okay. He brought you five steakhouses. All right. We got to take a break. The Grand Marshal of the Australian Independence Day Parade is live in studio. We got more phone calls, more business to get to. Having fun on a Friday. We are the number one rated show in New York. We are Bernie and Sid. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. to listen to Z100 a lot, you know. And uh, 5 o'clock on Friday afternoon, and we are Friday morning here. They blow that 5 o'clock whistle. Oh, my God. <laughs> Remember that? Jeez. And this was one of the songs they would play. They would play, you know, uh, everybody's working for I was just going to the- say Loverboy. Yes, they yes. They would play Loverboy. They played this. And they would play uh, Paul Jabara. Thank God it's Friday. Bang the drum all day by Todd Rundgren. Yes, yes. Those are, very good, Lou. <laughs> and I forget if it was Paul Cubby Bryant. or I mean, Elvis does the mornings. Duran, I love him. But um, Nice man, too. Very, very nice guy. Nice. Very nice. They blow the 5 o'clock whistle, which Elvis Duran does occasionally, too. They still do that? <laughs> they don't do that. Come on. Oh, my God. I see, I you just got that. I got it. Uh, <laughs> Must have been your tan blowing in my face, I couldn't think. I don't know if they still do that. I don't know. Oh, but um, please, God, no. You know, one year, I, um, when my daughter was young, uh, oh, she wasn't even born. Excuse me. Danielle was pregnant with Ava. Oh, my God. This is 18 years ago. Oh, God. And... Um, Danielle wanted to go to uh, Jingle Ball. I don't know why. Beyonce was, like, new on the scene. And, you know, the, the, like, John Mayer was there. He was relatively a young star. Because it's huge. That's why. Huge, yeah. Jingle so Ball? I'm working at WFAN. You know, I could barely get tickets to the Knicks, let alone Jingle Ball. But um, Elvis Duran liked me. And we even threw out the first pitch together way back when at a Brooklyn Cyclones game when they first started in Coney Island. So I, I reached out to a guy named... John Bell, who was one of Elvis's on-air partners for like a thousand years. And Bell was a sports fan and liked me too. And I said, John, what are the chances? He said, you got to talk to Danielle, not my wife, but Danielle Marone. You know who she is. She's one of. She's still on that show, I think. I think she's still there, Danielle. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Right, where I just came from, I did see her. I yes. yes. So I texted Danielle. This is 20 years ago. And I said, can you get me tickets? And she got me two tickets and great seats. And we went to sing Jingle Ball at Madison Square Garden. And I remember it was so loud and the bass was so intense that Danielle's stomach, my wife, was actually moving in and out. And I'm like, is this healthy for the baby? I'm already deaf as it is. And she's like, I don't know, but I'm not comfortable. And we left early. But we did get tickets for Jingle Ball, thanks to the folks well, at... Well, now uh, that explains your kids. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> one of them. One of them. <laughs> I got to figure out what happened with Gabe, uh, you know, about five years later. But uh, anyway, thank you to Danielle, Bell, and Elvis at, uh, at Z100. We got to play Beat Sid coming up at 940, but there's a new number today. 
You've been having issues with the phones, which have been fixed. So uh, if you want to win some cash and prizes, thanks to Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers, to play Beat Sid today, the number is 833. you got to do this slow now. 833-969-4447. Let me know if any of these people actually are calling, uh, Luke. 833-969-4, like crackhead Bob, 4447. That's the number to play Beach Sid. And uh, Harley Lippman, who is the Grand Marshal for the Israeli Independence Day Parade, supposed to be here now, but according to Adam Weiss, they're stuck in traffic, so he'll join us probably right after the game. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Still not beat Bernie. It is beat Sid. Uh, of course, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out at PeerlessBoilers.com and PavilionTankless.com for a deal into you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built boilers. I'm your host, Luke Legrano, and today our contestant is Jim out of Long Beach. He's a retired court clerk. Jim, how are you, my friend? I'm great, thank you. All right. Ready to play. All right, perfect, Jim. You know, uh, you know, Beat Bernie, a lot of politics, a lot of history. Beat Sid, a little more sports, uh, sports a little more pop culture. That all go with you? Uh, uh, yeah, I'd rather have the other one, but... I'm well, uh, <laughs> we know Sid's track record in this game. It could be a lot better, so I think it'll be okay. But let's get right into the game here. Jim, question number one. Yeah. Who wears number 23 for the New York Knicks? Who wears number 20? I have no idea. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax, you be Jesus. Yeah. Mitchell Robinson, who we're looking for there, Jim. All right, number two. What gym does Vince Vaughn's team represent in the movie Dodgeball? Um, Gleason's gym? Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax, you be Jesus. <laughs> Average Joe's gymnasium, Jim. All right, let's let's turn it around right here. Question three. <laughs> we can still do it. Yeah, we, listen, plenty of time, Lou. Right? That's it. That's why we. That's I, why we ask all five. I see the clock. <laughs> all right, Jim. Question three. Finish the lyric in "Moving Out" by Billy Joel. Who needs a house out in blank? Is that all you get for your money? Uh, no. Oh, I know that one. Uh, Needs a house in Hack and sack. Hack and sack. There we go. It's not about the last one, Jim. It's about the next one. Let's uh, let's get after it here. <laughs> write that down, Jim. Yeah, write, write that down, Jim. <laughs> put, put that on a post-it somewhere. All right. Question four. Four NHL teams share a name with a team in a different league. Give me two. Um, you want to hit, Jim? You, you want to hit? Yeah. You live in the same state yeah. as two of them. Come on. Um, the state, this, the Sabres, and the, uh, I don't know. Nah, they're wrong. You two-legged back of anthrax. Right back in the pit. There we go. Uh, you could have given me the, uh, the Jets, the Rangers, the Panthers, or the Kings. Unfortunately, the, uh, the Sabres, not one of them. All right. That's terrible. Uh, well, Charles, okay. we got one more, Charles. Calm down. All right. Question five. Let's, let's, let's turn it around here, Jim. 
In 2019, the New York Giants used a first-round pick on their current quarterback, Daniel Jones. Before Jones, who was the last quarterback the Giants selected in the first round? Eli Manning. And uh, Lou is not there to uh, give us the uh, the sounder there. What happened? He, Eli Manning was the incorrect answer. Actually, a little Ron, bit of a trick question back here, back Jim. It was actually Philip <laughs> Rivers. And now Sid's back. I can't even give you the backstory. So we'll put Jim on hold. And uh, Sidney, welcome back to your show. How are things? Sid, you there? Okay. Yeah. That's it's all good. Did you hear Harry Styles on Dro- Howard? Dropped an album today. Yeah. What's your favorite song? As It Always Is or something like that. What's oh. the name of that song I gave you, Lou? Uh, as It <laughs> As it was. Yeah, we're going to play that before Lippman. It's actually a really, really good song. I like the He's good. He's talented. But, man, is he a boring interview. And Danielle's like, well, do you know about his childhood? And I'm like, I, I don't want to say it to her, but I don't, you know, I don't care. I mean, I'm sorry if it was a rough childhood. It's like I actually said something bad about Tiffany Haddish once. And Danielle was like, you know, she was raped as a kid. I'm like, I know. I didn't know. But you would have known if you'd listened to the interview. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's on you. Okay. You only need well, two to win because here. we spent too much time talking about Nina Jankowitz instead of, you know, Tiffany Haddish. Be nice to your wife, all right? You know Tiffany Haddish is? I do. You like her? Yeah, she's all right. All right. All right. How's Danielle doing? <laughs> all right. I love Danielle. I, hey, remember that game we were doing? Okay, let's do that. By the way, a lot of the stuff that I know God. is it's because of her. It's because of her, because she introduces me to all the... Or else I would just be a one-trick pony, which you wouldn't like that. No. What's like, the matter? What are you getting mad about? God bless like, Bernardi did this for six years. All right. Yeah. What is it? He, oh, he's, he's not doing it anymore? That's it? He did it for six years? <laughs> or he's done it for six <laughs> years? done it for six years. Okay. Yeah. okay. Question one. Who wears number 23 for the New York Knicks? 23. That's right. Robinson? Hmm. What a waste of size he is, by the way, Mitchell Robinson. How many need to win this game? Uh, you need to get one more and you win. Okay. All right. Question two. What gym does Vince Vaughn's team represent in the movie Dodgeball? I mean, come on. I mean, these are like the dumbest question. I mean, come on. This is worse than the gigabytes of Back to the Future. What gym? It's important. <sighs> New York Sports Club. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax. At least he didn't say Planet Fitness, right? Average Joe's Gymnasium is the answer. What was it called? Average Joe's. I mean, I've seen the movie. I, I, I hate it. I, the Ben Stiller's part is so stupid. And I you do love Ben Stiller. me. It's because he's more jacked than you, isn't it? Who? Ben Stiller. In that movie, it's yeah. funny. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Number three. By the way, talking about Adam Sandler and you playing that Mike Francesa cut. Mike Francesa was in the Adam Sandler movie uh, Uncut Gems, which Eric Salas loves. And Mike was great in that. Yes. Seriously. Yeah. I, I he think played I the bookie. Some of that, right? Yeah. 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 It's right. a stretch for Mike. <laughs> yeah, I know, real. You ready for <laughs> me? stretch, yeah. All right. Yeah. Question three. Finish the lyric in Moving Out by Billy Joel. Who needs a house out in blank? Is that all you get for your money? Hackensack. Sydney's won the game. Oh, it's Heedle. We'll ask the last two anyway. Question four, Sid. Four NHL teams share a name with a team in a different league. Give me two. Oh, wow. See, it used to be the Oilers, but they're out of Houston. Uh, the Rangers... Obviously, That's Texas one. Rangers in uh, baseball. Hmm. Let me think. Give me one second here. There's two others or three others? There's three others. They share a name with a, the uh, with another league, huh? Uh, not the Flames, not the Oilers, not the Blues. Give me one second. Don't go anywhere. The Panthers! Put my mic on! <laughs> Lou, Lou, give us... Vinny Viola's Florida Panthers and the Carolina Panthers of the National Football League. The other two you missed, the New York wow. Jets and the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, that's right, the Jets. And yeah. the Sacramento and Los Angeles Kings. Oh, 
Oh, baby. All right, and finally, in 2019, the New York Giants used a first-round pick on their current quarterback, Daniel Jones, before Jones, who was the last quarterback the Giants selected in the first round. Oh, wow. Hey, whoa, whoa. Uh, Well, they didn't select Eli Manning. They traded for Eli, and there was no quarterbacks after that, uh, Daniel Jones. So i got to go back before Eli. Now, right before Eli, they had Kerry Collins, and right before Kerry Collins... They had, uh, like, Kent Graham, Dave Brown, Danny Cannell. I'm going to go with Dave Brown. Wrong, you two-legged back of that. Oh, Sydney. So close. They they got Eli Manning, but they give up for Eli Manning. Phillip Rivers. They selected Phillip I guess Rivers. they did select Phillip Rivers. Right. You're right. Sydney right. wins the game 3-1. to one. I've been your host, Luke Legrano. Another messy episode of Beat Sid as always. Sid, say hello to Jim in Long Beach. You did a great job, by Thank the way. Thank you. Very good. Jimmy, how are you, pal? Hey, hey, Sid. How you doing, buddy? How are you doing? Uh I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting you one day down at Dino's in uh, Lido. Wait, which uh, wait, which place? Uh, Dino's, Dino's uh, in Atlantic Beach, right over the bridge. No, I can't go over the bridge. I'm not allowed to go to Long Island. You have to come <laughs> to my area. You got to. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll see you out there. Are you going to go? Are you going to be on the beach all weekend? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. going to be, be a hot one. Going to yeah. be a hot one. All right. Well, I'm looking so, forward to meeting listen, you, too. I came close. I, I came close. Well, listen, I don't care. You're a nice guy. You listen to the show. I really appreciate that. So does Bernie. Every day. Go, thank you. Go Every out day. there. Enjoy the sunshine this weekend. Give my regards to Bernie, please. I will. I will, Jim. And we'll see you out on the beach. Okay, pal? Thank you, buddy. God thank bless you. you. Thank you, too. Thank you, too. That's Jimmy in Lido Beach. We'll come back and talk to the Grand Marshal of this year's Israeli Independence, Independence Day Parade coming up on Sunday. Harley Lippman. Wait to hear this guy's story, and we'll finish up the week with that right after this. Beat Bernie, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, we ordinarily don't begin or end the show with a guest. We've got a very special guest in studio as we wrap up the week. I was honored a couple of years ago. Heshi asked me to be one of the Grand Marshals for the Israeli Independence Day Parade. And I think I split the baby that day with one of the former stars of the Real Housewives of New Jersey, Siggy Flicker, who also had her picture in the Tannafly Diner for many years. And I believe that's the last time they held the parade live because of COVID. And I think it's back this year for the first time since I wore the sash. And uh, right now in studio is the gentleman, so well-deserved. He's the Grand Marshal for this year's Israeli Independence Day Parade. And he's uh, Holly Lippman. Holly, nice to meet you, pal. How are you? Great, thank you. Good to see you. Move a little closer to the mic. Of course. So um, I know that uh, it was a huge honor for me. Uh, I had never marched in the parade, believe it or not, which I'm not uh, happy about. So it was my first time to march in the parade, and I was bestowed that honor. And I felt great that day. I imagine you feel great today, too, yes? Yeah, I marched uh, 50 years ago to the day. It was the first time I marched, so it's very symbolic for me, and it's a very moving time. And what makes it significant, beyond what you just said, which is that we haven't had the parade for a few years due to COVID, but also because this is the anniversary of the Abraham Accords which is where four Arab Muslim nations made peace with Israel and a warm peace. Yes. And that's really important because that gives us a lot of hope for the future. Well, 
It did when Donald Trump was president because he cared about Israel. Israel cared about him. This guy in this administration, they don't care about Israel. I know you want to get involved in politics, but they don't. In fact, a lot of these people, Talibs and Omars and AOCs, they hate Israel and they hate Jews. So, yes, when Trump was there, what you guys did was remarkable, was great, was significant, was hopeful. And now it feels like it's all gone. Well, I'll tell you, you know what I find quite extraordinary? You know, you hear how... People on the liberal left, you know, the AOCs, they, they're trying to pass a resolution in Congress trying to support the indigenous population of Israel, and they're trying to label that to be the Palestinians. The irony is that of all the nations in the world, Israel is the one nation that achieved their land through purchase, legal purchase. I can't think of any nation in the world that achieved their legitimacy or became yeah. a nation through yeah. legitimate purchase. It's True. all been through conquest. True. So they blame Israel for conquest, but the irony is Israel didn't do it. Zionists didn't have power. It was the Ottomans and the British, and they bought it from individual Arabs and Palestinians living there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're right about all that, but don't expect these people to know history, please. <laughs> they barely know this own country's history. They can barely know George Washington was the first president. Uh, Abraham Accords, so again, I know you played an integral part in that. So did Jared Kushner, the Trump. Uh, I know you know Jared. Um, tell the folks exactly what that meant and what it does mean now moving forward. Well, you know, these are nations that were part of the Arab League, and the Arab League was a, was a huge block of Arab nations that was aligned in supporting the Palestinians and not recognizing Israel's right to exist. So the fact that they broke ranks, the fact that the UAE, Bahrain, Morocco, Sudan said they're recognizing Israel's right to exist as a Jewish nation is very powerful because we see this as a sign and a portent to future other countries recognizing peace with Israel. I think the only other thing that has been amazing uh, since the creation of Israel, 1948, was um, peace with Egypt and Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, this is the most significant development for the Jewish state. And poor Anwar Sadat paid the price for that, by the way. That's right. Uh, It's been a very uh, uh, violent couple of weeks in Israel. In fact, my executive producer, Justin Ellick, is there right now with his girlfriend. You would know it's violent. He's out every night getting hammered and dancing at clubs in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. But there has been a bunch of attacks the last couple of weeks. What's that all about? Well, you know, I think that there's a lot of people who are trying to instigate uh, rebellion and riots among the Palestinians, Iran in particular, Hamas, Hezbollah. They're trying to stir the pot all the time. And I think this is why the goal here is to have Israel victory, to say to the Palestinians that if you work with Israel, instead of fighting Israel, you'll have a much better life and you could achieve the things you're looking for. And that's what we're trying to accomplish. But the only way you can have resolution is to convince the Palestinians that they lost. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, I agree with you, but good luck. Harley Lippman, big-time businessman, the Grand Marshal Sunday's Israeli Independence Day Parade. I knew Bibi, you know, I didn't know him personally, but I knew how he operated. I liked the way he operated. Trump loved him, too. And ironically, Biden and Obama, not so much. Uh, this new regime in Israel, uh, are they, uh, what is your feeling on the job they're doing? Um, I, you know, I, I, I support the Israeli government, uh, regardless of the parties. It's a democracy. You may have favorites one way or another. 
I, I hope they do well as long as they protect the Jewish people and protect Israel and maintain their their military, you know, their alliance with the United yeah. States. I'm on board with any legitimate government in Israel. Last one on Israel: When uh, Obama stands up and talks about '67, and when people like Bill Ritter, Channel Seven Eyewitness News, is putz. I had a long discussion with him a couple of years ago when he's like, "It's got to be a two state. It's got to be two state. You, you you can't go around killing Palestinians. It's not fair to them. Not fair. Are, are you kidding me?" What are your thoughts on people who want to employ that strategy? It, what, what's again remarkable is that there is no liberation movement, for lack of a better word, in the world that has anywhere near support of the Palestinians. And that's why I think it's really important to try to come to terms with them because they have huge support worldwide, which is misplaced because, again, uh, they were not victims uh, in the sense that they've been characterized today They're as still not being victims, pushed out. Yeah, I mean. They're the ones who carry out the violent attacks on Jews, not the other way around. Is that fair to say? That is fair to say. And I think people, and the problem is people have a lack of understanding of basic history. In 1947, 1948, the UN made a partition. They made Israel and, and they called it an Arab country. There was no sense of Palestinian nationalism as we know it now then. And that was the idea. So Israel was reasonable, and in fact, when Israel was created, all of Ben-Gurion's direct reports told them, don't accept this. This is not a – how are you going to have a nation that looks like this? It's, it's not a country. And Ben-Gurion said, you know what? Half a loaf is better than no loaf. Ah, and in life, great. you know, you have to work in compromise. The problem in the Middle East has always been the same. It's the Arab rejection of a Jewish nation in the Middle East. And so the, the Palestinians have rejected, yep. and the Arab world did, and they invaded Israel, and people fled – and so that's why you have uh, the situation we have now. But um, I think that they have to come to terms with Israel and recognize Israel's here to stay and and to work out work it out with Israel. And I think this will serve them much better. What are your thoughts on NATO now set to expand? I saw the announcement today. Biden, in fact, uh, is talking about it in Asia. NATO is set to expand to Finland and Sweden. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's fantastic. It really is. And I'll tell you why. A few reasons. One is... Putin's strategy has always been to try to push back on NATO. He doesn't like NATO. And one of his reasons for invading Ukraine was he didn't want Ukraine to be a member of NATO. Well, as of now, it's, that strategy has backfired. Not only is it galvanized NATO, but you have two nations that will be part of it. And Finland is a very, very potent nation. It has the largest number of cannons in, in the continent. It has one of the best cybersecurity controls and command in Europe. Yeah. And it has a strong mobilized army. Now Russia has, has to watch out for the 830-mile border with Finland. And the whole country has always been geared up for a potential war. They've always tried to strike the right balance with diplomacy and being on guard. But the whole country is geared up where there are bomb shelters, wherever there are schools and offices to protect them from chemical attack or nuclear attack. Because they've always been afraid since they were attacked by Russia in 1939 in the winter wars, they call it, they've been traumatized ever since. Yep. So they really identify with Ukrainians, and they really you know, want to make sure that they preserve their freedom. So I think it's a great addition to NATO, and it's going to make NATO stronger, and it's going to make peace stronger and more likely, because what we've learned in history is that military dictators that embark on military expansion stop when they're forced to stop, not when they just stop. So Putin has to be forced to stop. 
I got to tell you, it is uh, great meeting you, and you're brilliant, you're brilliant and <laughs> oh, I want to congratulate you. This is a huge honor and well-deserved coming up on Sunday, and I couldn't pick a better man to represent my people than you. So thank you for coming in today. Congratulations on Sunday, and come back more often. love to talk to you. I would love to do that, and thank you for your kind words. You're welcome. Good job. That's Holly Lippin, folks, here on the Burning and Sid in the Morning Show. Play the music, maestro. We're wrapping up another week. Oh, silent lucidity. Queensryche. I love this song. That's a heck of a week. Bernard will be back on Monday, and I believe that's it. I think he's done with all of his chemo radiation treatments. I think that's it. I hope so. So we'll uh, we'll get Bernie back on the show Monday, but what a great week it was. Lou Rafino, you're God. You're God. Look at you. Rich Rotabello. How do you say his name? Rada Bali. Really talented guy. Smart. Great to work with. Easy. Thank you. You did a tremendous job this week. Not good, great. In fact, um, Justin who? Luke Legrano. One week to go. You're magnificent. Thank you. Frankie Diaz, Deb Valentine, Ella, the whole crew. We'll be back again Monday morning at 6 with Bernie. Going to be warm and beautiful this weekend, folks. Enjoy your pre-summer weekend here in New York. Until 6 a.m. Monday morning, from all of us to all of you. Peace! Has it just begun? Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.